Hello and welcome to episode 154 of Flicks in a Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo, with me forever and always, the man, the myth, banana yeast, Alessandro Bielsi. Say hello, Al. I'm a pretty messed up loser guy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, just a sneak peek at the tremendous dialogue in today's film. On this week's episode, a hot new sequel is inbound, what I'm begrudgingly watching, and other news and nuggets all before diving into our flick of the week. Wonder Woman, 1984. But first, Al, what are we drinking? Well, before we are drinking, I do have something I have to inform you. Uh, This is episode 155. That's right. And you said 154? Did I? I did. I'm pretty pretty sure. (laughs) You're right. You're right. Uh, I think it stays. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, you're usually the official keeper. I often ask you. No, no, 100%. And I appreciate it. I've updated the note. I would like to point out that in the notes, I have the episode number written in three different places, all three different places, three different numbers. <laughs> <laughs> so I am off to a great start. <laughs> and one of them isn't even a number. It's a glyph. from This episode <laughs> is being released on the first of the year. <laughs> so, so it can only go better from here. Oh, is that what's going to happen? Are we going to wait? Is this what it is? We're, we're, where, like, the doors and wheels are falling off of this car on, on this show in 2020, and we're just hoping to make it to the finish line? That's right. That's is, right. Is this oh going to stick to that? Or are we going to do a, a, a Jan 1 release of a this brand is, new episode of Flix 06? This, I mean, if I edit it tomorrow. <laughs> well, I wasn't sure if you were working tomorrow and you took off. Oh, uh, no, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I did take off. Um I've actually took off the whole week, and it's been good. It's been fun. I I'm doing a lot of like little things that I want to do, like working on some stuff in the garage, playing some games, watching some movies. Um, I always have this odd little feeling of guilt when I have days off, and I'm not like oh no, get rid of that, get rid of that real quick. on a vacation, like out somewhere. It's it's I know it's it's weird. Well, first um, of all, I'm pandemic. getting over it. I'm doing better this time. No, no, for sure, for sure. Uh, it's just a weird thing. I, I do think, like it crosses my mind a couple times a day. I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm I'm doing something wrong by being off. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. See, I, like I I agree. I like if I'm gonna take off, I like to be doing something. It doesn't necessarily have to be vacation. It also, I mean, it depends on how many mm-hmm. days you're taking off or whatever, right? But like to sure. like to know that there's like something, an event, a project, a trip, whatever that you're taking off for. But mm-hmm. I think you, everyone has to learn to master the art of the staycation. Even if you're going to say, oh, hey, yeah. I'm off for three or four days, and this is going to be my lazy day, this is going to be my working around the house day, this is going to be my yeah. doing whatever the thing is that is cool to do day, like whether it be going out or in a, like, you know, a party or a trip or whatever. Sure. No, I'm mean, going to be clear. Like, I've gotten better at it. Like, I, because I, I, I used to not, I haven't done it. Um, and there's been previous jobs where I, like, just didn't take a day off unless it was for, like, a specific vacation. Um, this time I took it off in between the holidays. I thought it would be a nice place to actually have that time off. And it, it has been. I've been kind of chilled um, doing things. And it only crosses my mind every once in a while. But there's been times in the past where like, I've had, like, a day off or two days off. And I've, like, it ends up, like, ruining the day feeling like, just, like, a weird feeling of guilt that I should be working because, I don't know why. I have a, a complex. I'm not sure what it is. <laughs> There's also been other jobs where you've taken off days so we could go see Star Wars. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I didn't feel guilty about that. No, but um, also I also the... took those days off like a year in advance. <laughs> yeah, it was. So one of them was for sure at least six months. So it, yeah. it was the day that the first teaser trailer 
released and the tickets went on sale. One of the, in one of those jobs, it was like you had to, those days off, like, I guess like the the way that was split up, there was like vacation days and there were sick days. And I had the vacation days set aside for an actual vacation. So months in advance, I said, I'm going to be sick on December something. (laughs) And my boss approved. (laughs) Well, I'm pretty sure you put in the memo, Star Wars, and you didn't you get back a Star, whole Star Wars flu? <laughs> yeah, I did. That that was a, that was definitely another one, and yeah, it was like it was. I, I like that people. I, I like working working for nerds as a nerd. I think it's great. <laughs> yeah, that definitely has got to help in that sort of thing. But bringing yeah. it all back to the beer, uh, it's been too long since we've had a Jack's Abbey, mm. beer, which is what we're doing today. It's a Jack's Abbey craft lager. It's a Luna Lapulis. It's a hop moon in quotation marks. I'm not sure what that is exactly. <laughs> hop moon. <laughs> I'm doing I don't know heavy if air quotes. Officially <laughs> part of the title. I realize that it's been a while. I guess since we've had a brand new Jack's Abbey because I don't recall this little badge on the bottom saying it's part of the Kings County Brewers Collective. Yeah, Brooklyn, New York. I'm pretty sure Jack's Abbey's in Massachusetts, so I'm kind of confused right. why a brewing collective in Brooklyn is has a member in Massachusetts. It's a good question. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Uh, is there has their logo always been wolves howling, or is that specifically for for Lupin over here? Oh, um, I have no idea. <laughs> I, I always remember. I always remember the hexagons. Right. I don't remember those wolves, or it's also entirely possible because until you said those were wolves, I didn't process that it was that they've been there the whole time, and I've just never noticed them. They're they're either wolves or they're two Christmas trees that have fallen over towards each other. <laughs> no, they're definitely wolves, and those are definitely the phases of the moon around it. Now that you mention it, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. this all makes sense. Uh, also, underneath that is a hop that's also a grenade. That I missed. <laughs> so you know what? We're hopping each other out because you missed the right. hand grenade. Hop did you just say missed... we're hopping each other out? No, but that would have been better if I did. <laughs> <laughs> This is why we take one week off in between episodes. <laughs> We're in rare form every two weeks, and I think it's great. It makes for great radio. Is that what you would call this? Uh, you know, I've heard a lot of people who are in like radio and podcasting who also struggle with whether calling a podcast is radio. I always kind yeah. of say it as radio, even though we're not, because I guess probably because we're not broadcast live in any way, shape, or form. Sure. Um. I don't know. But if you, okay, how about this? When you're listening to a pre-recorded radio show, sometimes they do reruns during the holidays. Is it radio? Yes, but it was originally radio. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. But you don't, hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm not sure. Um, we're going to we're gonna have to study in the coming weeks and months. Because we've, we've. I think been, we just have to decide what it's called. <laughs> well, a, sure. As a duo. <laughs> no, no, I, I meant, I meant, sorry, beyond that, uh, we're going to have to study what it is, what is the thing that, that unleashes our manic energy when we do take a week off? Because it is a thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know, I'm all hopped up on movies? I'm not really sure. I want you to know, I would like to point something out to you. I have this list here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. I've watched... That's only some. That's only the Christmas one. I've watched like fifteen movies since we last spoke. <laughs> okay, I mean it's only been fourteen days since we last spoke. So maybe that's what's going on. Maybe more I'm just... than a, you've averaged more than a movie a day. There was a weekend where I think I watched ten of those. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was a good weekend. Yeah, I believe it. And they were all Christmas movies. Okay, that seems excessive. So but... it was pretty great. Um, it's pretty great. 
sorry, getting back to the beer, um, it's 12.5 Play-Doh, 5.1% alcohol by volume. It's an unfiltered, unpasteurized pint of lager. It's a Volmond beer. And no, I don't know what that is. Okay. Uh, and naturally, it comes in pints. Yes. Uh, naturally. It's Marzen brewed during the full moon. That, that explains oh. the recurring uh, imagery of moons. and That's what's going on with these wolves and the Luna. Yeah. And the, what, is, what does Lupulus mean? Well, we did talk about the Lupulin thing, right? The, that like reduced down essence of hop that's used to dry hops. I'm assuming that's what it is. <laughs> essence of hop sounds like you're a mage making beer. <laughs> <laughs> now I shall cast essence of yes. hop. <laughs> you, you did. You did. Uh, we did. Uh. <laughs> oh, I think Volmond anyway. might literally be German for full moon. Oh, okay. Just we got to put something on this side of the can too. Say moon again. <laughs> <laughs> also, um, has the the crosshatch like design? Has it always been this trippy? Yes. All right, cool. Um, let's give this beer a taste, shall we? Uh, yeah, sure. If you insist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want me to drink it? <laughs> the talk about it all day. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not accustomed to hops being a strong, strong part of a Marzen. Kind of dig it. Though. Yeah, I think it might just be a Jack's Abbey thing. It's just, it's just unique. I like it. It's, it's. I feel like it's a bunch of different beers that I've had all crammed into one. So you know, like I've gone through this fight for years with my brother about like generally lagers. Mostly, it was like the very pale ones that bore the shit out of me. This mm-hmm. is the type of thing I would drink all the time. This is okay. So um, I think we've established a couple things with my beer taste over 155 episodes. I usually don't care for there's that there's whatever that flavor is in certain Belgian beers. I think we told we said we I think we it came down to the yeast that I'm not a huge fan of. Right. Then there's also things that are um, what is it malt forward that I'm not a huge fan of. Wait, no, uh, was that, was uh, that the beer or the term? I don't remember. Both. <laughs> Why not both? Uh, this has that very malty uh, fragrance when I cracked it open. I don't taste that, though, and I'm happy about it. Because when I smelled this immediately, I was like, oh, man, I chose a bad one. <laughs> but then feel- I was like, but it's Jack Sabby. <laughs> How do you feel generally about scotch ales? See, that's the one that was like a little bit on. The, we had that recently. That was yes. the one that was on the other side where it was similar to this, where it's like I smell it, I don't think I'm gonna like it, but I do like it. But it doesn't not taste like the smell, so I don't really know what that's about. I really, I, I have a hard time figuring out what it is that I dislike. But there are certain things that I taste them, and they go, "This isn't for me." <laughs> and it's upsetting when you've purchased a, a whole bottle of it out and it's expensive. Yes. I do definitely want to make a scotch. And by beer. bottle, I mean glass. I don't generally purchase <laughs> a, a bottle Single of that stuff out. Of beer. I, yeah, <laughs> I would like one bottle, please. I'll take one bottle of your finest ale. Hmm. This is del- this is really good. Yep. It's like it's got a little bit of like of a dryness. I feel like at the end, which I kind of dig. What? Well, that's, um, that's what tends to happen with those malt forward beers mm-hmm. is they can have that runaway residual sweetness. That mm. maybe that's what I don't like. Yes. Well, I mean, if you think oh. about it, it's something that's malt forward. So without the proper amount of bittering to balance it, and if it does have a lot of like sugars that haven't been broken, like unbroken down sugars that don't get fermented, 
you're going to taste it and it won't be necessarily stick like sickly sweet in a way that like a Belgian triple can get, but that's got actual candy sugar in it. Mm. Super malt forward beers. If they have those like sugars that are still just floating in the beer, it, it can be good if you like it. Um, if sure. You don't though, that gives you that. It almost has that like stacking effect on the, the palate where the longer you drink it and the more you drink it, it feels like it's actually in your mouth. Yeah, yeah. And then like every time as they're getting closer to the end of the gl- end of the glass, and you, whoa, I just lost my words for a second there. Did you hear that? It, it sounded like I went underwater and I choked. <laughs> I can't I can't relate. I've never fallen asleep while recording this show. <laughs> I uh I, but when you get towards the end of a glass like that, I feel like I'm kind of powering through it and hoping that it's over and I'm going, oh, oh. <laughs> I guess I just don't like that. I will say I smell the can, right? If I put my nose in the can and and whiff, I hate it. <laughs> I don't like the way this smells. It tastes delicious though. Anyway, I'm gonna go one thuckle. Not one thuckle, two thuckles. I got confused. Sorry, I didn't mean to leave you hanging. I could have swore I unmuted my microphone and I didn't. It's all good. I thought you just weren't amused. <laughs> no, I actually <laughs> chuckled, and that would have oh. come through had my microphone not oh. muted. <laughs> That's nice. Uh I you sorry, you said you give this one thuckle? Two thuckles. I was trying to give it one thumb. Oh. And then I forgot about our scale. I'm going to give this three thuckles. Three thuckles? That seems fair. That seems yeah. fair. If it wasn't for the smell, I think I'd go three thuckles. Just pinch your nose. That, that's what I'm doing, but that requires that requires one of my thuckles. By the way, where is Gary? <laughs> we forgot to invite Gary for this. Oh, shit. Is he around? Can we have him call in? <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to text him now. And... <laughs> That'd be great if we had a drop in. Uh, see, yeah, just just text him and keep that going on the side, and we'll see if we got him in. We got him in, um, and we'll do it live, and we'll see what happens. I don't I'm know if you gonna... can add somebody to the recording. Should I? Uh, oh, well, you could send him the link, couldn't? You? Oh, but will it not pick him up in progress? I have no idea. Uh, but it's fine. Um, I forgot that he wanted to do this. I mean, technically, sorry, Gary. Technically, we could just pause the recording at the point that he's ready to jump in. You can't pause live radio, Al. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I forgot. Um, But you could just stitch the two together, couldn't you? Yeah, 100%. I mean, you're not working tomorrow. (laughs) No, that's right. I mean, I guess... You won't have any guilt now. You'll feel justified. You're working on a project. That's true. That's true. I'm still going to leave the episode number in. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Should I give you a fourth number for the episode? It's it's way too muddy. Welcome to episode three hundred and forty-seven. <laughs> that wasn't one of them. Um, this, yeah, okay, three thuckles. I, I I dig it. Um, it's good stuff. Uh, I before we move into news and nuggets, though, on the topic of things that you put in your mouth, do you like? <laughs> are you like a are you like a a, a salty or sweet snacky guy? Um, as far as snacking goes, I'd say salt. Mm-hmm. I mean, like everyone enjoys like a nice little piece of like candy or fudge or chocolate or whatever. I, you mm-hmm. know, at any other time of the year, I would not have dropped fudge into that, but it's Christmas time and there's fudge sure. bounds. So oh, you're, you're playing right into what I want to talk about. And that is <laughs> favorite Christmas treat. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, see, actually, you got one. <laughs> I didn't have much of a lead up. After that. What's that? <laughs> I didn't have anywhere else to go with that other than you got one. <laughs> well, this sorry, it, it put me off in my own little tangent that you spurred off here. Sure. Um, 
I was thinking about it. I was like, oh, yeah, obviously my mom has always made a ton of delicious Christmas cookies. And I realized, sure. like, hang on a second. Sammy's mom made Christmas cookies? Because I don't recall specific cookies for Christmas around your house for the holidays. And obviously I grew up spending Christmas at your, well, the day after Christmas to New Year's at your house every year. Oh, yeah. We so, always had cookies. Yeah, I know. But I'm trying to remember. I was like, but also some of that time was also like, Mama made them too. Yeah, you know I mean, yeah, or, I mean, like, we used to make them with Mama, uh, a, a handful of them at least. We did a whole. We used to do a whole batch at, at our house growing up, and then some other cookies with Mama and Pop up. Well, I'm just also thinking, even like around New Year's, like like in the, in recent years, I'm like, I know there's always cookies out, but I know some of them are my mom's cookies, and some of them are mm-hmm. probably your mom's cookies, and some of them are definitely right. also like pastry cookies that have been purchased as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm realizing that I actually never really made the connection as to what all like who's or what, like I just know which ones are my mom's and there's just the other cookies, you know? Yeah. This was the whole, uh, this happened maybe a few years ago that like, or actually it's probably, it's been longer than that. There was a glass shattering moment for me. You know, when you're, when you think back on things uh, from your childhood and they were like, there was much more of it or they were bigger or more like exuberant than they possibly could be. And if you experience them again, it's, it's like not that crazy. Like you, you go to a your school, anything you go to your school as an adult and you're like, Oh my God, this room is so tiny. Like things like that. Like where it's like, this is not, I remember this being so much bigger or so much I more have, grand. I did have a moment like that the other day, actually, in which I picked up a 12 ounce can of soda. Uh-huh. It's like, this is impossibly small. And I was like, I feel like I don't recall these being so small. It's like, thinking back, I was like, when was the last time I held a 12-ounce can of soda? Because I might have been eight. Yeah. And that's why it seems so small. <laughs> and you needed both hands. Yeah. No, so, okay. So, this was, this was great then. Uh, we were making these cookies, right? And they're just, I don't know what, like, there's just... Cookies are fun in in theory, I guess, or they're fun at first. Uh, Wait, the novelty sorry. wears cookies off. Cookies are fun in theory. <laughs> yeah, at the the novelty wears off rather quickly when you're making a lot of Christmas cookies. We make them. We still make them every year. Uh, it's gotten better and better each year with the amount that we make. And this is where it all started. Was we're making these um, these wine cookies, and like they're just it. You roll it into a ball, and you put your thumb in it, and it's got like it looks like a little hat. And then you drop that hat in like boiling honey, <laughs> and then you go, or sorry, boiling wine, whatever it is. Yeah, a wine, and then you drizzle it with hot honey. It's a whole thing. It's very dangerous. It's like the corn bowler, <laughs> but you uh, totally you're making these little hats, the and it's like a it's a thing of dough, and you roll a little tiny thing, and you put your thumb in it, and that's one cookie, and you got to do that over and over and over and over again. And we were making them. It's like, man, this is ridiculous. Like. This is taking forever. There's so many of these. And then my mom was like, this is a quarter of the size of the dough. <laughs> and I was like, what? When we were younger, we did more than this? <laughs> I was like, this is the opposite of how this usually plays out. <laughs> well, also, it sounds like you picked a particularly obnoxious cookie to make. Oh, no. I mean, it, it's it that goes hand in hand with all of them. It turns out that we've cut the recipe down uh, to like a third or a quarter for all of the cookies that we make. Because it used to be like a thing. We made all these cookies and you gave like so many of them away to like, you made like these plates and you gave them to people. You put a bow yeah, on them, tinfoil, boop, boop, yeah. pop, send it out. Uh, but like, oh my God, like each, like, it was like a two day affair. Like there was, like, there was, and now it's like one day, a couple hours and we bang them all out and it's, it's much more pleasant. 
Well, that's that's the thing I think that my mom has has figured out as well. Not that she didn't do that in the past. She has cut down some of the number of cookies that she's made, but also some of them have been swapped for other cookies, so the total number isn't mm-hmm. that far down. But okay. she also realized I need to stop doing. Oh, like this weekend, I'm going to bake for two days straight, and she like makes a type of cookie or two, and then freezes them, and then makes a type of cookie or two, and then mm-hmm. sticks them in the container, and then makes a type of cookie or two. So it's more like a 10 day process, but not every yeah. single day. So I think it manages things a little bit better. And it's like her. Yeah. It's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yes, <laughs> I got exactly. it. Yeah. That makes sense. That's a better way to do it. Uh, we usually do it like the, the weekend before Christmas, we'll go to my parents' house and we'll do it. Um, and it's just an ordeal. Uh, but it, it was much, it was far fewer cookies this year. And it was, it just, it was way more manageable. And I, I liked it better, but that, get, that comes to my point of favorite Christmas tree. We make all of these cookies. And I think it's safe to say that I am a savory snack guy. Not a big fan. I'm not a big sweets guy. Like, I like the occasional dessert. Uh, I like the occasional sweet thing with my coffee. I like that a lot. Uh, And, of course, I like ice cream. Uh, But I feel like probably nine times out of ten, if you were to put something salty in front of me, I I would take, like, the pretzels over cookies. You know what I mean? It depends on the thing. I realize I don't like really like gratuitous dessert foods, like in, in extreme quantities. Like I like like four bites of it. Like I love yeah. cake. I love cake for like <laughs> three cake. or four bites. Mm-hmm. And then I'm done with it. Like I do not want yeah, a large over. slice of cake. I don't want no. Like sometimes after half of a like a cupcake, I'm like, I've 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 enjoyed my time with this and I'm done. I am um, satisfied. Yeah. If it's good ice cream, I'll eat a decent amount of ice cream. Although mm. that also makes things more uncomfortable because it's just like, it just sits if you eat a lot of ice cream, you know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah, I have a limit on ice cream too. That's more of a stomach issue than but anything else. cookies but. and brownies, assuming the brownies aren't too much, cookies and brownies I can eat a lot of as far as sweets go. Okay. The and right type yeah, of cookie see, like, or whatever? I could do like a cookie. Or it, well, two it depends. Like, there's some cookies where it's like, oh, like that was a nice one or two cookies, but then like my sister made these like mint chocolate fudge sandwich cookies mm. and I ate of them. And that was basically, I, uh, Oh dude, let's talk about mint cookies for a second and mint desserts. Uh, if you know about it going in, I'm all for it. If I'm choosing, if I'm actively choosing to have the minty thing, I'm about it. I like it. A mint chip ice cream, a mint cookie. If I grab a cookie that looks like it's going to be chocolate or something else and it's mint, I I've repulsed. I just I don't know what it is. Wait, I get sorry, so mad. Sorry, I have. If I were to, we may, we may have landed Gary. So. <gasps> oh snap! If I if I grab a cookie though, and it's uh, thinking that it's something else, and it turns out to be mint, it's it, that'll ruin your weekend. It's not. I don't know what it is. Oh no! It, so, I get so set you, off. See, these these cookies, I didn't realize they were mint, and I've been into it, and I was delighted to discover that. They're oh, mint. okay. So yeah, we're on. We're, I, I would. They could be the most delicious cookies ever. If I'm not expecting the mint, and I get it, I'll be upset. <laughs> I don't know what that is. So my mom makes pinoli cookies. I will eat a lot of those. Um, my mm. mom makes seven layer cookies. I will eat a lot of those. Sure. Does she make them like my mom makes them, where they're like cakey? Rather than dense? She's kind of halfway between. <laughs> it's not super cakey, but it's also not like, I will murder you with a brick of this. Yeah. You, oh, like you mean like the bad ones you get from the bakery. <laughs> yeah. <Exactly. laughs> no, but also sometimes the cakey ones get too dry. Though. Oh, no. 
I, I have a feeling that our parents probably have the same seven layer cookie I'm recipe. Sure they're in the sim- I'm sure they're in the similar range, yes. Um, it's false advertising. They're not cookies. That's that's really what I'm getting at. They're cakes. <laughs> yeah, they're cut into cookie sized they're cookie sized cakes. Yeah. We should stop talking about cookies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with it actually. We can keep going. There's another cookie um, that my mom makes that's delightful, but this one I'll only have like two of. And it's like some sort of like doughy chocolate cookie with a slight like an indent in the middle the way that you would do for like like one of those Hershey's Kiss peanut butter cookies, but uh-huh. in the middle is a maraschino cherry. And oh, then fudge is drizzled over top. That sounds good. Really good. But that's, a, that's I actually one think that, like, I think I may have had one of those in your house once. She's made them before for around Christmas time, so I'm sure you've had. Them okay, so that's a very good that's, cookie. I think I've had that. That that yeah. tracks. Uh, the other one that she makes around this time that she didn't make this year that I love is like those like coconut macaroons with like the maraschino hmm. cherries in it. Yeah, I will eat 37 of those. That sounds good too. Uh, even that though, that's like a one cookie thing. Um, one cookie for me, and I'll enjoy that. I uh, I will say though, we talked about the seven layer cookie that is a cake, right? It's basically cake in cookie size, right? That's how that's how the seven layer ends up coming out. Uh, if it were the other way around, if you gave me a cookie that was cake size, I don't think I'd be interested. That just seems like too much cookie. <laughs> I do enjoy fruit cake around the holidays. Hmm. Hmm. I like that too. I like that too. I love uh, apple pie. I will eat half an apple pie. Yeah, that, just a little bit, a little piece, a little piece. I'm good. No, okay. No, so, no. But what is your favorite holiday treat? Um. I mean, I think we just talked about them. <laughs> uh, it's all of them. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. No, I mean, if I had to choose one of those of all the gun ones, to your head, one holiday treat. <laughs> it's gonna be probably the seven layer. <laughs> you go Christmas ham. Wait, what? It's <laughs> not a. Oh treat. my god. I was- <laughs> I just remembered I have to find this now. Um, this saga about hams, Christmas hams. Um, mm. But while I'm finding that and you give me your treat, can you send the Skype link? Not the Skype link, The obviously the recording link to Gary via Slack. I sure can. Let's see if we can get him in here. This will be fun. Uh, I will say that my, my treat... Like 15 more minutes, just so you know. That's fine. My... Sorry if you hear all that typing. My keyboard's obnoxious, and I usually don't type on it during the show. But this is where we're doing it live. We're trying to get Gary in here. I feel like it's worth it. Um, my favorite holiday treat is Chex Mix. I make it every year, and I love it. And it's the uh, it's in the same tin from like the forties. <laughs> that, that that was my mom's tin that I inherited. <laughs> Wait, is it one of those ones with like like that was cookies that? Like there's all the jokes online now about where like people like like grandmas and moms like put like sewing stuff inside of them and stuff like that. Uh no no it it was a, it's like it is specifically a Chex Mix tin like there's Chex Mix on the outside of the tin. Oh okay. Yeah it's a it's it's a one it's a single purpose tin. There's no <laughs> if you're putting something else in it if you if I open that and found sewing things inside of it oh I would be pissed. <laughs> Okay, I found the thing. So, what do you got? Have you seen this? Because it's been around for a couple of days now. It's quote tweet this with a mundane experience you've shared with someone who's more famous than you. Have you seen this tweet floating around? No. Okay, so someone this Adam Amin. He used to work at ESPN. He works for Fox now. He calls like football games and stuff like that. He said John Hamm and I bump into each other at the bar, each signaling for the bartender. Now, so AA is Adam Amin. AA, hey, sorry about that, bud. JH, all good, man. A-A, nods, J-H, nods. 
Underneath that, <laughs> Molly McGrath, who is a sideline reporter for ESPN, responded to Adam Amin and says, this is somewhat unrelated, but every Christmas my family gets a honey glazed ham and we name it John Ham and talk about it like <laughs> it's a special holiday guest all week. <laughs> and so someone else jumps into the thread and goes, um, important follow-up. Uh, so this is Michael Lick Jr. <laughs> important follow-up. Do you guys eventually eat John? <laughs> Molly responds, absolutely. What should we do for lunch? Well, we have John Ham at home. Can someone go to the store and get some rolls for John Ham? <laughs> we don't need takeout. John Ham is in the fridge. <laughs> it's creepy, but it's tradition. Also, this Christmas we couldn't be with family, but my husband and I still bought a mini John Ham, and he's still in the fridge. Our only holiday guest. Ham sandwiches all week. <laughs> Bonus points if you eat John ha- John Ham sandwiches while watching John Ham movies. <laughs> Uh, And then the the final bit, I'm going to hold up my phone to the the screen and hopefully you'll be able to see this. Um, The final tweet about John Hamm and she put a picture up on Twitter and it's John Hamm. Oh my God. It took a minute for that to load up, but uh, that's ridiculous. It's a picture of his face uh, plastered on the cross cut of a ham. With several slices of John Hamm removed from the John Hamm. Right, right, right. (laughs) That's ridiculous. Oh, boy. Uh, hey, Al, what do you say we get into some news and nuggets? Oh, wait, was that is that on it? Are we still starting the show now? Uh- <laughs> oh, yeah, we, we're going we're gonna to do it now. Uh, we're going to do it live? What, let's start off with uh, something that you shared with me that is near and dear to my heart, and that is the trailer for Coming to America. Uh, a couple things here. I'm very excited. What? Very excited just because I was a huge fan of the first one. I watched it over and over again when I was younger, and uh, it's something that me and my sister watched together a lot, and she made me promise that I will watch the second one with her. So that'll happen. Uh, two, two. Uh, and this it's got is the two it, in the middle. It's got the two <laughs> in the middle, and it's just like it's not that hard. It's not fate. All right, it's not <laughs> that <laughs> hard. <laughs> just do it. What's wrong with you? Uh, it's it looks very silly. Um, it's probably I can't imagine it's going to be good after all this time. Uh, that's. Uh, that being said, I'm excited to see it. I love the shtick of Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall playing multiple characters in the same room at the same time. I think that's a very funny thing that hasn't happened in a long time. Uh, and I, I find it entertaining. Uh, there's has, a has it, been, has it been since he was the Nutty Professor? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Maybe. But uh, it's a uh, it's a great shtick. And all the characters are back. Uh, I love that they're the same age as they were in the first. One. And they don't seem guys. to have changed at all, which is really great. Uh, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, is that? Do we know? Is that going to? Is that going to be a theater movie? Or is that going to be? Oh no, that's going to be a streaming thing. Isn't it Prime or something like that? <laughs> I don't know. It's that's on something. I don't know when it's coming out. It's it's this year, I think. I mean, I say, oh. at this point, does anything? Do we know when anything is going to happen? Whether it be theater mm. or not theater, does, does anyone really know? It's a great question. That's a great. I don't think so. Just appreciate answer. that the thing can happen, whether or not it will at the time that we've described it to. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to see this one. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, I think it'll be a lot of sit down and watch the whole first movie before Ooh. that. Well, yeah, our episode should probably be the two of them. That would make sense. You know, because I feel like there is not. I mean, if the second one by itself, sure, but at this point, I feel like we wouldn't do two episodes on Coming to America. Like the first one and the second one. I just feel like they wouldn't 
They, they don't warrant two separate episodes. Flicks two six. Nope, we're not doing that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. That'll be fun. Uh, if you are a fan of the original, the trailer, it's it it, it plays all the right notes. So it's it, it nails it. Um, Al, give me a new. Um, before that, we're gonna have to take a brief pause because I forgot to plug in my computer and it's going to die. No. <laughs> I have returned. And we're back. I will say, forgetting to plug in your computer, far better than forgetting to plug in your microphone. Brian. <laughs> Is that a Brian special? <laughs> it happened once. Uh, it was pretty great. It was, uh, we reached the end of the episode, and he goes, oh no, and he holds up the other end of the USB cable. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't sound obvious? Uh, no, it didn't. I guess the microphone on what he was using was pretty, was pretty clear. It was also one of the earlier episodes that we had done of Game Bytes, so, like, he was still getting used to his equipment and stuff, but, um, it was fine. It edited fine. <laughs> give me, give me a new, now that you're back. Um, would you like a new about Creed 3? Sure. Didn't you enjoy the Creed movies? Yeah, I did. I, I, I enjoyed both of them. I, I don't remember how it ended. I don't really remember what happened in them. I, Based on that, I'm guessing that I don't need a third one. <laughs> but hey, I'll watch it. <laughs> okay, so I... Disclosure, I have not seen either of the Creed Well, it's, it's Michael B. Jordan and Tessa Thompson, right? Yes. So, I mean, that's a good time. I know you've seen the movies because you were raving yeah. about the first one when you saw it. <laughs> Yeah, I really liked it. I remember really liking it. I don't remember what happened. <laughs> okay. So Oh, uh, hang on. Side story. <laughs> I'm doing this boxing program and the final week of it, it's a live workout. They do like each one of them was filmed individually. The final week of it was in Philly. And uh the the guy I this is my second time through it and the guy that's leading it uh it, it, you spend every day with somebody that has certain ticks, they, they get on your nerves. So I start yelling at the screen, right? And I really just don't like him at this point because I've just seen him too many days in a row. Uh, <laughs> but he he's punching and like I'm starting to get nasty about it, right? So like he's like punching and he's like, come on, do it. Like he's like trying to hype you up. He's like, do it. Make Rocky proud. I was like, he's a fake person, you dumbass, <laughs> as I'm punching into the air. <laughs> I mean, you, uh, they, they were in Philly. So that's yeah, I know. Oh, are there whales upstairs? <laughs> I don't know if that was the vacuum or the most obnoxious moving of furniture of all time. It sounds like the latter. Anyway, so we got no, a third one it's coming. It's the vacuum. It's the vacuum. <laughs> Good time. Good time to do that. 915 on a Wednesday. Uh <laughs> well, well, what's particularly insulting about it is we got a fucking Roomba. It ran this <laughs> <laughs> Wait, maybe it's Roomba. Maybe he's wreaking havoc upstairs. No, it's not the Roomba. All right. You would not hear the Roomba. It's quiet. Mm, mm. Anyway. So t tell me about this movie. <laughs> Creed 3, as you can kind of hear the vacuum. Uh, Tessa Thompson says Michael B. Jordan is directing the next Creed, which would be a debut. Um, this is oh, 
yesterday, apparently. Um, as reported by Daily Mail, Tessa Thompson has said Michael B. Jordan is indeed directing Creed. He is directing the next Creed. It's going to be ammo, I think, for me when he's engaging with me as a director. Thompson said in an interview with MTV News for her new film, Sylvie, I'm just going to tell him to dial down the sexiness. But we're not going to make it until later in the year, so who knows what happens. Another man will be... I don't know if he'll still be the sexiest man alive in six months. I feel like I would be more surprised by this if I didn't think that he directed one of the other ones already. <laughs> well, Ryan Coogler definitely directed the first one. And right. I'm pretty sure for some idiotic reason, Sylvester Stallone usurped him for the second one. Oh, interesting. 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 Okay, cool. Well, that's cool that he's uh, he's getting his directorial debut. That's awesome. I'd like to see that. All and right. I'd like to eventually get around to seeing the first two. <laughs> huh. I'll, uh... It actually gives me a reason to what, like, I, not knowing, not remembering what's going on in the story. Now I'm kind of excited to see. Oh, I think he's having, I think they're having a kid. I think that's how the second one is going. I don't remember for sure. Okay. I feel like he definitely had a kid or was going to have a kid. And that's just yeah, the special material. Right, right. That was, that. I believe that was the second one. And there's like a whole thing, you know, because his dad died in the ring. So it's like, don't go dying on the kid. Like, that's the whole story. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I think that's, it's because Creed 2, don't go dying in the ring. <laughs> I think that's what it was called. <laughs> oh, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm diminishing that movie, and I don't mean to. It's not, it wasn't bad. I, I enjoyed it very much. <laughs> All right. What else you got here? I have, oh, would you like to hear what I'm watching and I'm not too fond of? Yes. I'm watching The Queen's Gambit. I'm really? honest with you. I've seen almost uni- unanimous praise for that. Same. Color me surprised. Four episodes in, and I'm like, whatever. Like, <laughs> just get to the end of this. <laughs> wow. Isn't it only like it's, six episodes? It's seven. Oh, um, nice. and yes, you were. And I'm just, it's it's fine. Like, I'm still watching it. I haven't turned it off. But I'm not. I don't think I like it though. <laughs> I'm not really sure what it is that's drawing me to continue to watch it. Maybe it's just, it's so strange. Maybe that's why I'm hooked. Well, the show is strange? I think so. I'm, I don't I'm like not sure. Uncertain. I don't know. I, I, I know that my feelings are not positive, And I know that I'm still watching it. Those are the two things I can tell you about the Queen's Gambit. <laughs> is this like a train wreck situation where it's like... No, I, I don't think so. Because it's not like it's a poorly made movie or limited series or whatever it is uh it's not that the the acting's not bad the writing is fine maybe chess is just not that interesting on the screen i'm not really sure i'm not sure what it is Uh, because that's been like a common refrain among people who enjoy the show is that you don't have to know anything about chess to enjoy the show no you, you don't um, but I, I would, I'd be curious, like if somebody's enjoy, like, I feel like enjoy isn't the word that I would use if you really liked it. Compelled. Yeah, maybe. Well, I don't, clearly you're compelled to continue watching, so. Yeah, well, that, that's, that's true. Um, but why? <laughs> I'm going well, to need you to watch seven episodes of this. It, so. yeah, you're going you're gonna to have to watch seven episodes of it. And then you tell me why I continue to watch it. Maybe I'll have an answer for you by the end. Let's check in. In two weeks. <laughs> I just got to hold out for like another month when football will be over. Not that I'm looking for fo- football to be over, but just for the perspective of catching up on the TV that I'm behind on. 
Mm-hmm. Just give me another month, and I will breeze through some shows. But do you think, you know, maybe, I'm wondering if it, maybe it was just overhyped. Maybe everybody was saying it's, like, so good. Everybody's like, oh, you have to watch it. And I'm like, do I have to watch it? <laughs> you do have a little bit of a rebellious streak for stuff. Um, I think I'm too trusting. I believe you when you tell me that it's incredible. Or that I have to watch it. And I get excited. And then it's not. <laughs> well, that's, why I try to be, that's why I try to be judicious with what I pitch to you specifically. I liked Dexter. You gave me Dexter. I liked Dexter. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like when I like, th- like think about the things that I've really hyped to you. Like those have never mm-hmm. let you down, have they? Like you love Cloud Atlas nearly as much as I do. Like yeah, that's true. You that's enjoy true. Dexter a lot. You finally love what we do in the shadows. By the way, did you ever finish that? I did not. I do need to. I for no particular reason. It's great. <laughs> I just didn't finish it. I was just thinking about it earlier today, and I was like. You know, Anthony never told me for sure whether he finished that or not. And the last time we no. talked about it was like a month ago. Yeah, I did not. I uh, I go through. I guess I go through phases of. I don't watch a lot of television by myself. Yeah. Um. So it shows that I'm like the boys, for example. I like cruised through the first season. I started watching the second season, which was was starting off great, and then I just stopped watching it. And it's I don't know. Uh, for no particular reason. I, I will go back and finish it at some point. I really want to watch Cobra Kai, uh, but that's a whole, that's like three seasons of a show, I think, that I have to start. Well, the, third, the third season, did it just come out or is it about to come out tomorrow? I have no, I have no idea. I think Maybe tomorrow. Okay. But uh, yeah, when I don't know. I just don't watch a lot of TV on my yesterday? <laughs> I feel like my, my on my own pastimes are uh, video games and movies. Um, and I've watched TV mostly with Kim and most of the movies I watch with Kim as well. So I'm not doing a lot of watching by myself. And she doesn't seem that interested in Cobra Kai. She, she, I think she, she tried to get into what we do in the shadows like once or twice. It still, it hasn't stuck. Hmm. Um, and then the other, the other show that I'm watching is Rebels, which I'm getting, uh, I keep popping into here and there. I'm out in like the ninth episode of the fourth season. Am I on the end? Is this the end of the show? What's going on? It feels like the end of the show is what's going on. <laughs> well, I mean, sp- more more specific than that. <laughs> uh, Hera and the squad of people are trying to blow up the uh, the defend the the Tide Defender base, the Tide Defender manufacturing plant. So they come burning through the atmosphere, and they're all exploding. It's definitely coming up towards the end. But I'm okay. jumbling the the order of all things. Um, is everyone still around on the show? Everyone's still around. It seems like somebody's leaving. <laughs> so it seems like Freddy's going to eat it pretty soon. Is really what I'm getting at. <laughs> still have some time left in the show if everyone's still around. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. It's not like a towards. It's not like a finale thing where where that character disappears on us. It's not the finale. Okay, okay. I have now, a feeling it's going to be in this next episode that's up called Jedi Knight. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you love when you watch a show like a year after it comes out or three years after it comes out and you get <laughs> spoilers from titles of episodes and stuff? Yeah. So yeah. You said you're in ep- season four or episode nine? I think it's nine, yeah. Okay, so um, you have 
like a few more episodes. And that's it, though. I'm on the last season. Yeah, fifteen okay. is the last. Oh wow! Okay, cool. Okay, cool, 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 cool. cool. Um, so it seems like that'll be wrapping. Actually, up that makes shortly. sense. Uh, wait, you watched nine already, or you're up on nine? I think I'm. Oh, oh hey! <laughs> A wild Gary has joined. <laughs> <laughs> now, can can is he being heard? In if he decides to speak, is he going to be heard on the Zencaster or no? Oh, certain, certainly not. Um, well, not, he's not there right now. <laughs> <laughs> Not unless he joins the Zencaster. <laughs> did you did you click on the link, Gar? Is it saying no parrot or no? It's just not letting you get in the session because we are already going and we're not one hundred percent sure whether you can join mid session. <clears throat> I'm just, I'm writing a note here. Forty six minutes. Gary joins the show. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh, well, before, I'll, I'll wait until you're actually on the recording because I'll have a couple questions for you that we want we'll want in the recording. So, <laughs> favorite Christmas? And I want I, I want your answers on the fly. You know, I don't want you to have time to think about them. <laughs> wait, so Anthony, while Gary is figuring out his tech issues, or yeah. should we just leave this out? Is this all going to be in the show? Um, debatable. It it really depends on whether or not he's able to join into the call, like an actual his recording come in. If that's not, then I have to stop it anyway, and it has to be edited. So, um, well, anyway, I was going to ask: Did you watch Nine, or are you to be watching Nine? What's the title of Nine? Rebel Assault. I think I watched Nine. Okay, Wait, so did I watch Nine? The reason that feels kind of like a finale is because that was like the pause. Wait, wait, wait! wait. It, it didn't seem like a finale. That was what I was saying. Uh. It was actually. Did it feel like a finale? I don't really know. The, the next episode is called Jedi Knight. That's all I know. Yeah, no, because the episode that you were talking about is like was like a pause before like a break for like the second uh, half of the season. I see. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I think Hera got captured or something like that. I don't really remember. I don't know if they got yeah, out she, of it. In the she end. definitely gets captured. You're right. That okay. now sounds familiar to me. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So, so do you uh, remember listening to, like, the podcasts with Amin and Freddie and stuff talking about Star Wars stuff? I do. I don't remember specifics. Okay. I do know something happens to him. I just don't remember what. I mean, something happens to anyone or any, everyone who's ever lived or whatever. But Sure, sure. That's... <laughs> it's in the next episode? <laughs> It's really what I want to know. It's imminent. <laughs> it's, it's it starts off and it just ends. Oh God! <laughs> Why is you? It's it's like when they when you sign a character and you bring them back for the beginning of the next episode just to kill them off, and you're like, "Why did you even bother? Why just kill them at the end of the last one?" <laughs> oh, so the Walking Dead. Right. That is a that's a very Walking Dead thing to do. That's the whole. You know what? This character sucked the entire season. We're going to make you like him for turn- for 20 seconds. You like him? You like him? Dead. <laughs> <laughs> hey, remember that person who's literally only had four words on the whole show and you occasionally see him in the background? It's like, oh, hey, there's, there's that extra again. Yeah. We're going to give him a Let's, feature episode and then also Yeah, kill we're going to name him and kill him. <laughs> the thing is, they could have done a so much better job of that if they would just give that person a feature episode and then kill them like two episodes later. Sure. Because they would keep you sure. on your toes. Because like, if they only did that 80% of the time, it would be like, oh, well, this person might die, or they might stick around for a while. Mm-hmm. Oh, there goes another one. But maybe next time. <laughs> it, got to, it got to the point where like 
because there were characters that I hated so much where the, the writing was clearly going in the direction to make you like them, I would get excited that they were about to be killed off this show. <laughs> well, that was the thing. is like It would get to the point now where it's like the second someone would have more than two lines in a scene who has never spoken before, it's like, why are we going through the... Just get to the point where we show me how this person dies because like, like let's not delude ourselves that you're going to be sticking around. What's the credits roll? Mm-hmm. For sure. The role of Gary will now be played by Gary. Welcome, Gary, to episode 155, right, Al? I got it this Are you time. sure? 155 Are you sure? Of I don't know anymore. <laughs> 155 <laughs> of Flicks and the Six. Gary's, this was Gary's idea. We were real shitty about it and didn't talk to him before we started the recording. So we actually began the recording with all of that stuff. Now we're going to catch Gary up to speed. So, oh yeah, Gary, couple... Gary, just just so you know, you texted us the other day when the movie came out and you're like, hey, is anyone like, like, what was everyone thinking about like Wonder Woman 84? I was like, oh yeah, we're doing it for the show. And you were like, no, no, no. like I've seen it. I want to talk about it. <laughs> and then I totally <laughs> forgot that conversation. We were about, what were we, eight minutes into recording? And I was like, fuck, I forgot to invite Gary to the show. <laughs> I was like, let me see if I can get him right now. And I texted you right then and there and we're like, we're going to catch up live and see if we can get them on. <laughs> All right. So, Gary, to catch up really quickly, the things that Al and I have talked about so far, these are the questions that you need to answer. One, how do you feel about things that are malt forward, positive or negative? <laughs> well, I just have to say, first of all, this podcast is good, but it could be better. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, malt forward, uh, stouts, good. Oh, stout's good. IPA's bad. Okay. Uh, salty or sweet things in your mouth? Salty all the time. <laughs> what about specifically Favorite? at the holidays? <laughs> what did you say? So what about specifically at the holidays? Okay, specifically at the holidays. Uh, well, I... Hmm. Um, <laughs> I guess still salty, so I could get like a... Did you just say swalty? (laughs) (laughs) I had to catch up on the drinking as well as the podcast. But yes, the uh, a little Christmas ham always good. (laughs) Yes. What about John Ham? (laughs) (laughs) Is that on? Oh, it's like you were here the whole time. This is fantastic. Okay, wait. Should Uh, we do the thread again? Should we do the thread? (laughs) (laughs) No, please no. Uh, Gary, I'm going to send you the uh, thread to your car. So I guess final final question, uh, what is your favorite holiday treat? Hmm. This is a tough one. Um, I I think I'm just going to go back to the, the Christmas ham, if that counts. I mean, with leftovers. <laughs> sure. I mean, you grabbing slices out of the fridge, like that kind of? Yes, leftovers. I was going to say, does, does Christmas ham count as a, as a Christmas treat? No. <laughs> what am I going to do? Eat a candy? I guess the candy canes, but not the... Mint ones, like the the ridiculous like rainbow ones that just the taste like ones. candy. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, the fair, ones that should be wound ones. up in a giant lollipop, like the Willy Won- <laughs> Lily. Oh, wow. Okay, Willy Wonka ones. <laughs> Willy's yeah. sister Lily. Lily Wonka, starring Johnny <laughs> Depp. <laughs> it's always starting. starting Johnny <laughs> Oh, man. Okay. All right. A couple other things. Did you watch The Queen's Gambit? No. Okay. Uh, Do you want to? (laughs) 
I guess. I guess. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So we're in the See, same boat Anthony's there. Anthony's in progress, and he has the same opinion as you. <laughs> that's right. That's how I feel about the rest of it. Do I want to watch the rest of it? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Coming to America two. Sorry. Coming to America. How do you feel about that? Sign me up. As long as Eddie's yes. back, I'm in. Arsenio. Yep, okay. I mean, it's a classic. They are, they are back, and so are all of the characters from the barbershop, and they do not look like they've aged. That's where we landed on that. Pretty excited about it. All right. I think he's caught up. Yeah, unless... Is there... Gary, what have you been watching? What have I been watching? Um, Let's see here. I know, I know silence is bad. I feel like there was something I just... Oh, I just finished Fargo uh, last week or yeah. the week before. Al likes that. Yeah, you know what? Technically, I haven't finished it still. Are you kidding? Mm. Yeah, no, I still have like one episode left. Wow, that's... Yeah, the wrap-up episode, usually there's like a climax episode and a wrap-up episode, so... Not the best season. I kind of like that formula. Um, Probably probably the worst of the four seasons, I would say. What a ringing endorsement. (laughs) It was tough. I mean, I was promised Chris Rock and and, uh, Timothy Oliphant and... Um, Jason Schwartzman, and it's it's got some highs, but you know it's pretty middling, and that's going to happen. Yeah, um, it definitely wasn't as good as the other seasons. I wouldn't say it was bad, though. It's still been fun. Uh, I will say, Gary, I think you know the the last thing that you did for the Spinchoon about a, what six weeks ago or something like that yes. was in progress to the season of Fargo, and you had some thoughts. And there was one that stuck out to me, and I know because I, I reached out to you and said something about it. There's definitely, I think, something to that fact about how the other three seasons were about people who you wouldn't necessarily have thought were bad per se to start, and you watched them kind of break bad, like reluctantly over the course of a season, and this one didn't really have that in the same way? No. Um, you know, they're mostly just either good or bad the whole time. Um, there are some flashes, like is it is it Noah is it Noah Hawley or it's the other guy? It's not Noah Hawley, is it? It's 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 Noah Hawley. It is Noah Hawley. Okay. I mean, he knows how to write a character, but you know, when you change the formula, when it's not about Lester Nygaard or um, what season two? You know. Oh, I definitely don't remember anyone's name. <laughs> if it's not if it's not like <laughs> Lester Nygaard and all this stuff just happens to him and he just wants to live his life, but. You know, I mean, his wife just drove him to a point where he snapped and he gets to realize the reality of violence and how dark the world can be. You know, once you look outside your nine to five job and getting beaten up by bullies and being abused by the world and start hitting back and how you contribute to, you know, how the world can be a dark place as opposed to, well, they're just mobsters and these guys are cops and these guys are mobsters and they've just been bad the whole time. And and it kind of starts there with the child swap, but it doesn't do anything with the kids, really. Like, it tells the story of how, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm not going to get into spoilers or whatever, but it tells a story, but it it just, I don't even know. I, it just goes... <laughs> It doesn't go anywhere. Mm. Yeah, I will say it kind of felt throughout like 
what's the point of all of this? Like, sure, there's uh, things to I don't be, like that. <laughs> yeah, like, there's things to enjoy in it, and there are characters to enjoy, and there's certainly moments. Um, but in the end, like, I never really felt like any of it mattered. No, no. I mean, yeah, I mean, just, it, it does factual things. Like, you've seen up to this point, I think, that, like, Chris Rock's idea to start pretty much credit cards gets taken by white people in the banks and it doesn't do anything with that. It's just, Oh, this is just something that happened. Like it wanted to do something interesting where he's a mobster that comes up with the idea for the credit cards and he should be rich, but no, that just gets taken from him in the story. And then they just kind of leave it yeah, there. The story <laughs> like it's on. not like, like a, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't, oh, like, weird. Like, yeah, because, like, at, like, at that point, if your decision then is, you know, oh, let's burn down the establishment, let's, you know, or, fine, we tried okay. to go Come legit. Come on, Pookie! <laughs> yeah, no, like, we, like we, you know, we tried to go legit, and instead you're, you know, throwing us back to the wolves, and we're going to go full, like, criminality here at this point or whatever. Like, instead it's just kind of things happen. Yeah, or, or some mm. kind of patent, or he could have, like, proved that it was his idea, but no, it just abandons it. It's just, it's a lot of that for the whole season. Like, Orietta is this very interesting serial killer, but she's just a serial killer and she, you know, faces consequences eventually. Um, but she's a side character. So it really doesn't get into any of that. I mean, a lo- hmm. most of the characters are just like that. They show up, they face consequences, they're good or they're bad. And that's it. Like, it's very odd for a show that's usually so good at like telling a story and, arcs and there's just no arcs was there ever a main character in this season i would say that it's jason schwartzman but that's very debatable it's like jason schwartzman and chris rock i guess because if you ask me i would say i don't know it depends on like the episode is it chris rock is it jason schwartzman is it ethel rita is it orietta is it i don't even know is it the the is it the fucking cop like who who is the main character yeah, and I mean, you can do that. Like, you can tell a bunch of vignettes and tie them together, but, like, if it's not tied together well or if it's just on its face, like, why am I watching this? <laughs> Again, <laughs> rigging indoors. Yeah, that, that doesn't sound... That sounds great. So you're saying I should watch the first three seasons? Yeah. I, I mean, it, yeah. if Got we're going to do a quick ranking, I would go one, three, two, four. It's weird. For some reason, I forget a lot of the details of season two. That's a lot of people's favorites, and I'm I enjoyed the season. I just for some reason I'm forgetting a lot of the details of it, which is weird. That's true. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you finish this season, you're going to want to go back and look into some of that. Um, well, I know uh, it was obvious from the beginning when you hear the last name Milligan where that was going. So okay, so you know, yeah, okay. No, I mean I knew from the first fucking episode. Okay. Like, <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Al. Yes. Do you have any more news and nuggets? Well, I have a new, and I have what I've been watching. Um, okay. Specifically, I'll just drop off a note, and if you guys have thoughts on it, great. If not, that's okay, too. I'll give you a quick blurb. But I watched the movie Klaus last week for the first time. Oh, so did I. Oh, really? Yeah. Gary, have you seen this? No. Is this a Christmas Klaus is this a yes? It okay. is. I have no idea. Did it come out last year, Anthony? Um, 
I think it was last year because I think it was nominated for an Oscar this past year. Was it? For uh, it's I an think anime it was. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Two, two maybe two years, years ago. ago. It's pretty recent though. Yeah, it was but, uh, actually good. I I wasn't I wasn't I was <laughs> I wasn't I was whelmed. <laughs> You're probably <laughs> not not properly <laughs> not. Under, <laughs> it was just so, it was it was so fun. you were, so you were properly whelmed. I um, I didn't love it. I I, I probably won't be watching like uh, that every Christmas. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. I actually liked it a lot. At first, I was kind of I I was kind of turned off by the the very beginning of it. Just like didn't necessarily know if I loved the animation style. I was kind of confused as to what was going on. It was getting really creepy and then really depressing. And I was mm. like, huh. Actually, I would say that this was the Christmas, equi- Christmas equivalent of how I experienced Silver Linings Playbook, where I was like, you're going to have to start <laughs> digging me out of this hole pretty soon. Otherwise, I might not make it all the way through. I, I totally get that. Uh, and I, I felt that way, which is like early on. I will say, I actually, I'm on the other side of it, where it's like the story was the story to me was fine. I actually really liked the animation. It grew on me once things start opening up. But at first, I was mm. kind of thrown by it. Yeah, but um, no, it was fine. It was the first first time I watched it. I was going. I intended to watch it uh, a long time ago because a friend of mine is in the credits. I forgot what he was. It was like animation manager or something like that. I don't <laughs> That's remember. A great job. Time. But uh, <laughs> let's see if I can figure it out. It's just oh, animation department. <laughs> That's the role. All right, everybody, um, keep drawing. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, I don't know. Just uh, it wasn't. It, it's not. It's not going to be on my short list of Christmas movies. Is where is where I landed. Okay. But I did watch a lot of Christmas movies this year, um, and a handful of them did not fly with me. That was the least offensive of the ones that I didn't care for. Um, have you ever watched what is this one called? The Family Stone. Yes. Wow. It's so weird is a- how much this is brought up on. I listen to a lot of movie podcasts, and I mean, <laughs> uh, I just hear a lot about the Family Stone, and it's just not a movie I would think about like otherwise. Is it brought up in a good way? Kind of, yeah, in a weirdly positive oh, way. Oh man, that movie is utter trash. <laughs> <laughs> I hated it. I was really, I really disliked it. Your the characters. They, they never develop the relationships between the characters. They, 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 they kind of speed through it, so you never really get to care about anyone. The, char- the main character and the main romance is um, rapey at best. Mm. It's not... <laughs> I don't oh. like it. It's very uncomfortable. <laughs> he seems aggressive. I don't like it. That's it's not, weird. I, it's not a Christmas movie. <laughs> I mean, it, is, it takes place during... It is a Christmas movie for that, but it's not a good movie. Uh, that's that's going to be a pass for me forever. <laughs> so it's funny. I've seen this like maybe twice and not for many years. All I remember is that Luke Wilson gives somebody's kid weed or something, <laughs> I think. Or does that not happen? That that does, doesn't does happen. Does anybody smoke weed in that movie? Or he, he smokes weed. He smokes weed. Okay. Yes. Ah. With... With the brother's girlfriend. Oh, with the girlfriend. Okay, I thought it was somebody's kid. All right. Uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, that one, not a fan. I also watched Fred Claus, also not a fan. There were only three duds 
um, for my holiday viewings. But uh, I, it was the first time I saw Fred Close also, and I was not. I was I was very underwhelmed. That <laughs> was not. I, I won't be watching that one again. I've never seen The Family Stone, though. I have heard of it. I've never seen Fred Claus. I've definitely heard of that. Um, I've just never had any. If you're going to see a Christmas movie with Vince Vaughn, Four Christmases would be the way to go. Yeah, okay. I would choose that over Fred Claus easily. It's funny because with Four Christmases, um, periodically throughout like the holiday season, we've had the Christmas movies on, like, on in the background on TV, and... Frequently, it's been on AMC, and they promote like the hell out of their Christmas movie lineup for the whole month of December, and mm. heavily featured Four Christmases in it every single time. And every single time it was on, my mom's like, oh, "I can't stand that movie." <laughs> <laughs> What's the female lead in Four Christmases? Reese Witherspoon. Oh, Reese Witherspoon. Okay. Oh, rude. <laughs> <laughs> that. That was a Family Guy joke. Yeah, I had a feeling it was. They they were uh, breaking into to Lois's dad's safe, and they're like, "Oh, this door is like unbreakable or something like that." And he goes, "Good thing I brought Reese Witherspoon's chin." And he reaches into the duffel bag and pulls out all of Reese Witherspoon by her head, and he cuts through the vault. Oh, with her chin. God, how ridiculous! <laughs> <laughs> That's so stupid. Uh, with, Al, what you brought up, Klaus, was that was that part of your new or what you're watching? No, that was what I was watching. I, I watched it. I watched. <laughs> that's what. I, that's what I watched. <laughs> All right. So give me give me your final new because I do have a short fun and games for us to get to before our film. Okay. Um, that is if my browser will scroll. There we go. Klaus sure, action sure. suit filed by. Sorry, filed four. Did you say Klaus actions? No. <laughs> <laughs> Klaus action lawsuit <laughs> filed for CD Projekt Red investors over Cyberpunk 2077. Oh no! Yeah, that tracks. The lawsuit has been filed, but courts may not let it proceed. A New York-based law firm has filed a class act a Klaus action lawsuit on behalf of <laughs> investors of CD Projekt Red SA. The lawsuit by Rosen Law Firm is for damages to those who purchased securities in CD Project Red between, or sorry, CD Project between January 16th of 2020 and December 17th of 2020, based on statements made by those associated with Cyberpunk 2077's development. Primarily, the suit alleges that false or misleading statements were made about Cyberpunk 2077, Jesus, I'm struggling with that, being playable on the current generation Xbox and PlayStation systems. The removal of Cyberpunk 2077 from the PlayStation Store and the offer of refunds by Sony, Microsoft, and C- Microsoft and Sony Project Red. <laughs> We're <It's>, losing them. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just trying to read too fast. And CD Project Red are widely cited in business circles as the reason for a plunge in CD Project's stock price, despite its high sales numbers. In the weeks prior to Cyberpunk 2077's release, CD Project CEO said the game ran quote surprisingly well on the PS4 and Xbox. <laughs> surprisingly <one."> well. <laughs> <laughs> it's important to note that this lawsuit has only been filed in U.S. courts. In order to proceed, the court must certify the class, indicating that this is a large group of people with similar claims who are eligible for a lawsuit. Rosen mm. Law Firm is an international law firm that concentrates solely on class action suits against businesses on behalf of shareholders. I can't tell right now if you're messing with me or not. Are you now saying class action, or is that just what I'm hearing? 
Uh, actually, I don't think that last one I did, but the other ones I did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the funny ones. Per the, the law ones firms, that were funny, I did. <laughs> per, uh, per the law firm's press release, this, this is their logic for the suit. One, Cyberpunk 2077 was virtually unplayable on the current generation Xbox or PlayStation systems due to an enormous number of bugs. Two, as a result, Sony would remove Cyberpunk 2077 from the PlayStation Store and Sony, Microsoft, and CD Projekt would be forced to offer full refunds for the game. Three, consequently, CD Projekt would suffer reputational and pecuniary harm. I've never heard of that word before. And four... (laughs) As a result, defendants... <laughs> Could be a completely different story if it was peculiar harm. <laughs> yeah. Um, as, as a result, uh, defendants' statements about its business operations and prospects were materially false and misleading and or lacked a reasonable basis at all relevant times. When the true details entered the market. The lawsuit claims that investors suffered damages. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that tracks. Yeah, um, I remember. If you recall, I was saying when I was discussing with Brian a week or so ago that I, this, I imagine this is going to end in lawsuits. And oh, hundred percent. Yeah. And this yeah, won't be the last time. of them either, because I imagine that there are going to be customers that sue as well. And I don't know if they'll mm-hmm. have a better the, the shareholders have a better chance, I would imagine, than customers. Unfortunately, we would see it that way. Generally, how it goes. Yeah, but um, that's a shame. Um, that that whole thing was a, it seemed like a debacle. Uh, but what are you gonna do? Uh, don't don't get get your refund. Actually, it's too far. It's too late now for anybody else to do that, right? Isn't the refund window over? I believe so. But uh, oh, that's that's lame. Um, did you? Are you still playing it? Um, still in the sense that I haven't completed it. Yes. Got it. Got it. But also I, uh, not in the sense that I haven't played it again since we last spoke about it. <laughs> no, yeah, neither, yeah, I have not been playing it either. Um, I'm just probably going to wait for it to get revamped. Uh, well, that's that's part of it, but also it just I haven't been super motivated, to, well, really to play anything. So, yeah. Well, all right. Shall we get into some uh, fun and games? Yes, please. All right. So for fun and games, I have a little gem for you guys called. Sorry, it's taking a long time for the page to load. It's time oh. to find out which character from the DC Extended Universe you are. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, can, I, uh, can I just be Superman's non-existent mustache? <laughs> yes. God, I hope, that, I hope one of the character is his mustache. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, would be oh, such, that would be such a great punk rock band name. This <laughs> 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 All right, guys, pick a color. Red, blue, black, gold, green, or yellow? Green. Red. Okay. Pick a vacation spot. A beachside mansion, a luxury hotel in the city, countryside ranch, a French chalet. Is that? Chalet. Is that chalet. 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 It's not a me. rented apartment in Greece. Um, I will say a beachside mansion. I will also go beachside mansion. Okay. How would your friends describe you? Mysterious, honest, energetic, kind, loyal, or strong? Strong, I imagine. <laughs> yes, <laughs> You serve. Um, uh, kind. Okay. okay. I was Pick say, a snack. I was going to say mysterious for Gary. Mysterious. <laughs> Pizza, ice cream, apple pie, sushi, pretzel, or chicken wings? Some great options. Well, I had pizza for dinner, so let's go with that. I am also going pizza. 
Pick a hero from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Spider-Man, Thor, Black Widow, Captain America, Captain Marvel, or Iron Man? Spider-Man. Spider-Man. What superpower would you love to have? Weather manipulation? Super strength? Flight? Breathe underwater? Super speed? Money. Money, Money is not a superpower. <laughs> wow, <laughs> somebody has seen Justice Man. League. <laughs> uh, um, I'm going to go with flight. I'm going to go with weather manipulation. Okay. Now, does lassoing lightning count as weather manipulation? Stop. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> what are the rules? <laughs> I mean, pick an animal. Dolphin, cheetah, hyena, beagle, butterfly, kitten. With cheetah. Kitten. Huh? Pick a classic movie. Alien, Rocky, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, and The Last Crusade. Jaws, Jurassic Park. I'm going to go with Last Crusade, but only because I watched parts of it twice in the same day the other day. Nice. Star Wars. What is your dream job? Photographer, cartographer, financial analyst, archaeologist, police officer, full-time superhero. Cartographer. (laughs) Cartographer. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, pick a band. The Beatles, Coldplay, One Direction, Journey, Queen, um, do I have to? Ha! I didn't really love that list, but I'll go with Queen. Coldplay, bro. Ugh. Okay. Interesting. Um, you guys only deviated on, like, three questions, I think. No, I think we only right? collaborated on, like, two or three questions. No, the, the middle area of the quiz, I'm pretty sure you guys went with the same Yeah, thing. we went on a run there. Uh, but anyway, Al, you've got... <laughs> Al, you're Aquaman. Congrats, yes. you're Aquaman. You're Were any strong... of my questions even like remotely connected? The beach. It was just the beach. Because I didn't think breathe underwater. Uh, you are a strong and fearless individual that also has a soft spot for your friends and family. Gary, you got Wonder Woman. Congrats, oh, yes. you're Wonder Woman. I'm the queen. You're a wonderful and caring person that is never too busy to help a friend. Wow. Oh, how sweet. Uh, what do you say? <laughs> it's, it's funny because as soon as I picked green, I just assumed I was going to be Green Lantern. That's funny. It's not in the DCU. <laughs> well, I guess not. Mm, mm. yeah. <laughs> what do you say we got into our flick of the week? Yeah, sure. Wonder Woman 1984 released in 2020, rated PG-13 with a lengthy two hour and 31 minute runtime. Here's your IMDb synopsis. Rewind to the 1980s as Wonder Woman's nest, 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 next big screen. I feel like Al now. Next big screen adventure finds her facing two all new foes, Max Lord and the Cheetah. Uh, Here's a question. Did I know we took off from making movies on account of we can't be around each other, but did people just stop writing plot synopsis on IMDb? (laughs) Because that is really phoned in. <laughs> they socially distance themselves from clever writing. <laughs> they probably they rightfully socially distance themselves from this movie because that is that you wrote that from the trailer. <laughs> that that is a synopsis of the trailer. I yeah. uh, let's let's kick this off with our uh, our tweet length reviews. Uh, Gary, I'd like to start with you. What do you got okay. for us? So Gal Gadot dazzles. And Pedro Pascal gives it all in Wonder Woman 1984. A fun film that's an adequate sequel to Wonder Woman and a, a good contribution to the DC Cinematic Universe. 
<laughs> okay. And what <laughs> the pause was the best part. What is the uh, <laughs> what, what's your score out of ten? I'm gonna give it a solid seven. Okay. All right, Al. What do you got for us? A colorful, crazy mess that can't figure out what it's trying to be minute to minute, let alone scene to scene. Fun, I guess. I don't know. I'll figure it out when the movie does. Six out of ten. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, we're, 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 the numbers are just going down. Uh, oh. Wonder Woman 1984 was not released on a streaming service because of the state of the world in 2020. It was released on a streaming service because it couldn't be released straight to VHS. Four out of ten. <laughs> straight to VHS. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hot mess is really oh. how I felt about it. Okay. Uh, I. Uh, we have a we have a, a, a we've talked about this particular movie coming out over the over the episodes this year um, as it was supposed to come out like way earlier in the year and then six later in the year ago. and then now uh, original first trailer okay I was like fine sure second trailer as you know I wasn't thrilled with it. I was like oh doesn't look great and you were like oh they have to give us something fresh and I was like eh. what about the fifth trailer though. <laughs> It's just the cheetah running. The fifth trailer was actually a trailer for cats. It wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> There's been a lot of cats jokes on the internet the last few days. Oh man, but uh, the the movie's clunky at best. I I feel like it's it's weird. Like it, I think the acting is great. Well, Pedro sorry, Pascal acts is pa- Pedro Pascal is great. Everybody else is doing pretty good. I actually think the directing is very good. I think the writing is hot. Shit. <laughs> the writing and the editing are because, No, because, I mean, like, listen, this one, if we're going to like grade on like the scale of DCEU movies, this is from the makers of Aquaman, in which it is fun. Like, there are times when this movie is a lot of fun, but it is a mess. Um, mm. And I think there was a certain point when... And I don't know what that point was because of the editing, but where Pedro Pascal realized, oh, wow, the ship is going down. And he's just decided, let me put this whole thing on my, this whole fucking Colossus on my back and just carry all of us to, to the promised land. <laughs> I, mean, I don't think that ever happened. I think just from the onset, he just wanted to have fun. I mean, you guys say clunky and we'll get to that, but it just kind of seemed like a genuine, like if I picked up an issue of Wonder Woman, like a comic book, I could read this as a story and not kind of, and it's going to sound like I'm lowering the bar or setting like a lower standard, but it just kind of seemed like a wacky kind of issue of wonder woman where it's like, well, it doesn't all have to make sense. It's just, this is a weird world where magic exists and things can just kind of happen. And we don't need like a great answer for everything. And I understand that doesn't excuse everything. And I have questions and things to say. I didn't give it a 10 myself, but right. Um, no, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying and I do agree to some extent. Um, my issue is much like the synopsis writer. I don't know what this movie is about. It's about the, the wishing, a wishing well. That, yeah, see, exactly. That, that a guy drinks and becomes one. <laughs> Does he drink it? No, it it uh, <laughs> becomes dust. He, uh, for he some snorts it. Did he snort it? Body. Uh, did he rip a line of wishing well? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was gonna say it is the '80s, and he is a, a, a pretty obvious Donald Trump stand-in, and you can pick your era as to which Donald Trump you're talking about. Mm. Obviously, he fits as the '80s version of it, but he can fit parts of it from today as well. 
And it's the 80s, so cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, uh, I, Gary, I, I, I understand what you're saying about, like, like yes, there are, there are bits of it that feel like a, a random issue of a comic. That's fine. Um, I do think that that is lower in the bar for a movie that the standard is should be higher. Uh, the especially I, I I liked the first one a lot. I liked well I liked eighty percent of the first one a lot, um, and, and I I was expecting more when I saw the, like I said when I saw the initial trailer for this I was ex- I was actually thinking like okay cool I'm ready to do this again um, and then then when we saw what it was potentially going to be about which I guess there really wasn't a hint of what it was actually about in the trailers but as Al was saying there really isn't one in the movie either um, but it's it, I don't know it's just I it, I think I had a problem with. Uh, I could see like, oh, oh, it's cool. Like we're gonna do a bunch of shit with the lasso. Oh, it's cool. Let's <laughs> introduce the invisible jet. Yes, but that's <laughs> but, cool. Who doesn't want that? I'm actually uh, okay I, with the invisible the jet. Tiara, she I want the tiara. I want it. Yeah, but like they're they're they just seem all like little shticks. Like they are they are one panel. They're like one page of panels in a comic book that are cool in a comic book, but yeah, it doesn't those, translate those are, well to the screen. Okay, those things are actually are not negatives to me. Like those specific. No, I, I didn't. I didn't care for them. I thought that the. I I felt that the uh, the writing around getting the invisible jet in there was just like, oh, you know what we didn't do in the first one? Let's put that in this one, and that's how it felt to me. I understand that. I mean, I kind of. I I was a bit the opposite, so I wasn't super excited mm-hmm. for Wonder. I mean, in the sense that we haven't had a comic book movie in a year or whatever. I mean, and now we're getting one. I was excited in that sense, but leading up to it, like, I just thought it'd be like, oh, it's the 80s, whatever. It's Wonder Woman. Steve Trevor's back for some reason. Fine. But then what you guys see as nonsensical things or weird choices, I just celebrate in the sense that they are weird. Like, at least this Mm -hmm. isn't Ant-Man and the Wasp where it's like, you know, predictable and dumb, and like I would never want to watch that movie again. I would rewatch Wonder Woman '84 for sure. Wait, first of all, Wait. first of all, predictable, sure. Dumb? We're gonna call that movie dumb and not this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm on the other side of that one. I will I'll I'll watch Ant Man and the Wasp over and over again. I will not. It was be fine. Watching this I, one I enjoyed again. it. I liked it. I would no, I would watch this one again, but I would not sit down for. 150 minutes to watch. I'll, I'll watch clips of Pedro being Pedro. Yeah, no, I would like, this would be like, if it's on TV, I would throw it on while it's on. Mm. For sure. Yeah, no, um, I'm not going there, to. There are some things that were fun. <laughs> but when I talk about issues with clunkiness and with editing and writing, like, there, there were some very specifically obvious scenes that were like, oh, this whole scene was inserted in, like, a post-production, like, reshoot. And rewrite right. it. Like, I guess we should just get to the spoilers now because yes, anyone can get there as soon free as possible. On the HBO Max. The one that's there's a few instances, but the one that stuck out to me that is the most obvious was when they renounce the wish for Steve Trevor. That is so obviously part of reshoots because they couldn't get Chris Pine back on screen. Like, <laughs> like, because he just disappears off screen. Like, she just runs away and he like shouts from off screen and like he could do that in a phone booth or not in a phone booth, in a recording booth for 30 mm-hmm. seconds. And it, he just clearly was not going to come back on set and, and not like acrimoniously or anything. It's just like pandemic, don't have time to come back on set and do this. And so 
we get a shot of her running away from a wall and an offline shouted, I'll always love you, Diana, as he yeah. no longer exists anymore. Like that, if that doesn't scream to you, this was reshot because we didn't like how we did it the first time, then I don't know what it is. I mean, what yeah. did you think the original ending was? Like, I, I mean, that just, what I thought you were going to say was the ending part where it's Christmas time and she runs into the person that she uh, had her way with against his will or without him knowing. <laughs> and they just have mm-hmm. like a weird little chat like that. Well, that that too, Gary, that that one too. To me, it was just the most obvious overt one was, was the one with Chris Pine dying off screen. Um, that one too, the, the scene and the voiceover when they just have an extreme close-up of her leaning against the corner of a wall at the end when she's got him with the lasso of truth and she's telling him and the entire world about how like wishes and being the change you want to see in the world and all of those things. That's also very obviously inserted after reshoots. Um, there was... Oh, the whole opening montage feels like it was tacked on. Like, no, yep. there's no way. That looked way better than the Themyscira stuff that we get in Justice League. Like, that looked finished. Like, Themyscira, and Themyscira looks better in Wonder Woman for sure, but the Justice League stuff, like, they went backwards. And, I mean, this looked finished. It looked good to me, and maybe it's just the experience. I just watched it, and we'll get to the experience and the expectations based on that, where it's like, I kind of felt like I wish I was watching this in a movie theater at times for sure, where I was just watching it on my laptop at home. Hmm. Well, I will say some, some of the spectacle of that scene would have been cool on the big screen for sure. But uh, I don't know that movie, that, that whole maybe, sorry, maybe the saying the, the reshoot part of it for that one isn't totally fair. I don't actually know for sure, but just as far as, this movie not knowing what it wants to be. That feels like it belongs to some whole separate... That's true, yes. Story-wise, it doesn't tie in at all, and you're correct. But it was just cool to see buff girls doing sports. And I was like... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, during that opening sequence, I I was starting to get a little nervous. I was like, wait a minute. Are we doing an origin again? Where where is this going? Because I don't have time for this, <laughs> and, I, and I was not uh, I was not I was not thrilled about it. I will say one of the things I noted during that scene though is I I know that at some point in my life I was a sucker for like the crazy spectacle of like doing wacky things on screen like that for no real reason. I just enjoyed watching them, and I think that time has just passed for me where I don't really care about that anymore. Well, you, you so that might have taken for, for a year or two now. Yeah, I mean, I, so I understand it doesn't tie it. It looks finished. It looks good. I mean, she didn't learn or she cheated and you're not supposed to cheat and there's no shortcuts, whatever. Like, I mean, I, yeah, which I got the reference to that and all. It just didn't feel super smooth uh, how they yeah. got from point A to point B on that. Yeah, I, I was I was mostly bored for the first act of the movie. I mean, well, yeah, post let's call that, I guess, like the prologue kind of post prologue, like the most of act one super slow to start. And that's kind of what I was getting at as to why I'm not entirely sure what this movie is about, because in all of that, it just felt like things happening. Like kind of Gary, Mm. what we're talking about with Fargo earlier, like some of the first act just feels like these are things that are happening. And like some of that you can chalk up to, to world building and, and fair enough, but not all of it. I just don't see this as a negative, but I just think it's interesting what this movie has time for. Now, 
I wouldn't, the only stuff I would cut out per se is the Steve Trevor looks at planes for some reason for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that I didn't understand. But the rest of it, it's just, it's, you got. I mean, have you ever been to that museum? Because no. it is dope. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I think I went to middle school, actually. I'm not sure. Uh, is the Wright Brothers playing there? Sweet. I don't know. Um, well, Gary, did you go to DC? <laughs> yes, or not? we went to DC. <laughs> Okay, then yes, you probably I went, went there. To <laughs> <laughs> um, uh. But yeah, I, otherwise, like, I mean, it gets into a lot of stuff, and I'm, it doesn't all hit per se. But it, I mean, it, I just find it. I was along for the the ride, like even the weird rape rapist guy in DC, and she saves Kristen Wiig. Uh, I what I was nervous about actually was turning Kristen Wiig into Electro from Amazing Spider-Man Two in the first <laughs> ten minutes of her on screen or whatever, where it's like I'm glad that I wasn't the only one who thought that because <laughs> I was watching that too when they were just showing her being an absolute klutz and I'm like, oh no, didn't this just happen oh, a few no. years ago? Like, wasn't this just the and I never even saw that movie. I was like, but isn't this the exact? Like plotline from Amazing Spider-Man and Two. What if she were to have gotten electrocuted and then a bunch of cats licked her, and that's how she became the cheetah? Yes. So we're gonna we're gonna splice <laughs> that with Catwoman with Halle Berry's right. Catwoman. I mean, no, she no. does get electrocuted. Whoa. She does turn into a cat. Not Halle Berry's. No, Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman. <laughs> oh. Also, Edward Edward Nigma from Batman and Robin. Um, is a parallel as well. So that, I mean, that kind of predates all of those, but yeah, just weird nerd. <clears throat> yeah, but I don't know. I always thought that they did that story slightly. Sure. That felt like a real person. Yes, yes. It gets worse the more they do it. No. Uh, can we talk about, okay, so we, the lesson learned in the in the opening of American Gladiators, not American, Amazon Gladiators, I guess that's what we'll call it. Uh, the lesson well. learned there was no cheating, right? No cheating. <laughs> no good. No cheating, Th- no cheetahs. Got it. Is that no cheating, no cheetahs? Is that does that come into play in the story? Is it that the is that, that Pedro's cheating by by the it's wishing? Wishes. Is that well, it's wishes wishes are cheating. Wishes are cheating? Yes. I think so. Got it. <laughs> okay, okay, cool. Cool. So we're all that's that all right. As long as we're all on the same page that I guess that that's the connection. <laughs> yes. Loose. Cool. Though it may be, I believe that. Was anybody else concerned? So, okay, when, uh, well, first off, uh, I'm jumping all, all over the place right now. Crystal Wig, electrocuted at the end, doesn't die. Did they rectify that? How did she pull her out afterwards, or was I rolling my eyes so heavily that I missed well, yeah, it? Yeah, it's really weird because she says, "Don't make me do this. I'm sorry." And then what? You just right. I, and she's electric. I'm sorry. I'm. Sorry. <laughs> well, I, I was I was a little confused because she's like super strong and fast and all that now. So like, just did she did she wished to be Diana essentially? Like she basically comes out and says it later, even though she didn't yeah. say it during the wishing, which that feels. But that was the first time. But, that was the first time, yeah. And then she has to be an apex predator, right? Sure. My point was, why does electricity affect her, but not Diana? Sure. And then, but yeah, she does drag her out and just kind of leave her. Oh, she she did. I missed that. I think, yeah, like I said, I think I was like, she's like, like writhing oh, around on the ground. Okay, okay. But also, I was like, so the, it seemed like the electricity and the being in the water and possibly drowning was going to kill her. 
Right. And then she just throws her on the Well, ground. maybe she did She did drown, and she did get electrocuted, and now she has seven lives left? Yes. Well, again, this is kind of one where I think maybe, like, reshoots kind of comes up to it or whatever. I, that's more of a wild guess by me. I, that's not, sure. You, I know what was, you, you know what wasn't a reshoot? And it's something that we talked about earlier. Lassoing the lightning. <laughs> that was clearly in there to begin with. Yes. yes. What? <laughs> to tell you, this is going to look awesome <laughs> well it does though i i couldn't get over the part that i was just like i don't under for okay i had a i had an issue with a lasso way early on and now granted this could be a thing that i'm just not familiar with its capabilities from the actual source material now are but, we asking are we talking about the lasso of truth or just lassos in general <laughs> the, lasso, <laughs> the lasso the lasso of truth i guess uh like the she there's a point in the mall where she whips it around behind her, mm-hmm. and there's two portions that r- whip around two other people. Correct. I was also and, confused but, by the physics. But of she that, is yes. still swinging of another portion in front of her. That's I don't. What are the rules? It does seem to be <laughs> a lasso of undefined length. I don't. I, <laughs> and and dimensions. <laughs> I mean, if you have a problem with the lasso, then yeah, you're just gonna hate this movie. Like. <laughs> Oh, no, I didn't care about that. I generally kind of like the lasso. I just think that there's a cool way to use it and for it to, but like to also like, I'm not saying grounded, but like a little bit more, pre- like maybe Consistent. making the utility a little bit more predictable or understandable would help me a little bit. I didn't think it was that bad. I think I, I in the moment I was kind of like, what? And I'm usually the one who has issues with that. But I in that case, I would just kind of filed it under. Yeah, sure. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. That's that's how I felt during that scene. But then then other things happen, like the lightning. Um, well, that was one. Wasn't the lasso given to her by Zeus, and Zeus is her dad, and all that? So lightning. Sure. Yeah, sure. sure. That, that's cool. Okay. How about this one? Flying? She tries to get him with the. Oh, we'll get there. She tries to get him with the lasso when he's in his vortex of dreams, yes. whatever's going on there, his wishes, and it so clearly gets flung away by the wind. But then later on, it's around his ankle. Like that, you do recall that, also, that I said that was part of the reshoot part, right? <laughs> oh, okay, that's what you meant was the po- the fact that it's just around his ankle now. Well, because that's when she starts doing that whole like voiceover narration. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That was weird. I didn't like that. Um, she can fly now. <laughs> she flies was she now. Able to f- <laughs> <laughs> she flies she now. Flies now. <laughs> that was what was that? What was that? When was that? Uh, it's after Steve dies again. Yes. Okay. She can fly in Justice League? Kind of. She jumps really far (laughs) after she finds the files. Right. Basically a turkey. Okay. So, but she can fly in 1984. If she has the right wind currents and she's already really (laughs) high up in the air, I guess. (laughs) Something about lift. Yes. And she she makes her face a little bit more angry. She goes faster. Kind of like Superman. (laughs) Oh, I thought this was more of like a Peter Pan thing where you have to believe. Oh, is this over back on the dreams and the wishes again? (laughs) Oh, my God. I just thought of I don't know. Gary, I guess you would be more likely to have seen it, but not to say you wouldn't. Do you guys watch Blue Mountain? No, no. Okay, so there's one of the characters who was on the football team and he starts up like a radio show. Actually, might have even been like a like a public access TV show. I forget. And it was, he was the quarterback. He was a ridiculous character during like one of the seasons. And 
his show was called Dreams, and all of the transitions were him going, Dreams. <laughs> and every time you bring up wishes or dreams, I keep thinking of that for some reason. <laughs> uh, another thing that bothered me early on in the movie, and I don't know if this was the same in the first one, but what what accent is being used <laughs> when they're um, Robin Wright's character? What what accent is that supposed to be? You know. <laughs> wait, wait. Who's for, Robin for those Wright? of you listening, Al just waved his hands. <laughs> <laughs> wait, are you asking who Robin Wright the person was or who the character oh. was? Robin Wright uh, is Jenny from Forrest Gump. Okay. The princess from The Princess Bride. And right. oh, oh, she's Diana's Ashcart. mom or something, or the one who trains her aunt, I believe. Okay, yes. strong woman, strong woman accent. No, not South Park. <laughs> yes, not strong woman. <laughs> but like, it was almost like a like a Russian Ukrainian like kind of accent, and that's yeah, what was see, confusing. I could see Middle Eastern, like, yeah. and well, not Middle I Eastern, didn't Eastern European. <laughs> <laughs> Sure, that's totally it. No, totally but, it, uh, but it was like, why? Like, that was a choice that was made for this character in this land that is fake. And, also, like, you're using... the same as the first one? That's what my real question is. Because I don't remember having a problem with this the first my time My answer is also, I don't remember. Um, yeah. I feel like she was doing a voice in the first one, but I feel like it was less pronounced. I don't know. Sure. Sure. Oh, man, I, I'm exhausted thinking about this movie. I was really not into it. I know that you guys seem to have liked it a little bit more than more I did. More fights. Um, Gary liked it. I, I'm glad that you liked it. I, am, I would much prefer people to enjoy the movies. Let's talk about something that was pretty much unrelentingly positive. Let's talk about Yes, the, the king. Yeah. He really is great. He's just crushing it, isn't he? Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Although I was I, really thrown off by him not having a mustache in this. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Just, just mm-hmm. generally, like it's not a problem. What if, like, what they if go? they had edited it out? That would have been a, that would have been great continuity. If they just, no, no. <laughs> so, no, so it would have been better if they edited this one back in. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the one they took off Henry Cavill. Someone <laughs> <laughs> just used like a snipping tool and just cut it off. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a little bit crooked. <laughs> Oh my goodness, that would be fantastic! But no, he he is uh, he's he's going hard uh, with material that was not great. I thought he was he was giving it his all, and um, he's I love his little, like his like kind of psychotic play on the character. Though he was he just he was crushing it. It's very believable for a ridiculous role. Do the thing. Life is good. But it could be yeah. <laughs> it's the turn and the extending of the hand that gets me every yeah. time because he does it the exact same way each time. He, he just seems to be having so much fun. That's what that's, I like. the, that's the cocaine. That is the cocaine. The cocaine. <laughs> he yeah, because he ground the he ground the wishing stone down into a powder and then just ripped it. <laughs> now I'm just thinking of the Family Guy where uh, Chester Cheetah <laughs> snorts the. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Cheetahs. Definitely, it ain't I, easy being cheesy. <laughs> in, in a in a movie where I didn't really care about anything, when he 
is saying shitty things like, oh, like how many weekends are my weekend or whatever that line is. And his kid's silhouette is behind the glass. I was like, Ooh, I was like, Oh, I care about this one scene. <laughs> yeah. I felt that one. That was a little, that, well, was, that, that honestly, was rough. That's really the only, it feels like that's really the only time times where it's like, I care. Cause like, as much as I like Diana overall, like she's like a, not an unlikable character, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I like Gal Gadot's portrayal of it. Who? Like, I don't really care like you we know he's dead and he's not coming back and like yeah it's kind of cruel to have her go through all of that which is why it makes it all like her really snap at the end and like she could have gone full dark side and she doesn't but then also she doesn't she electrocutes her friend um so uh, i don't know like it's just hard to get super maybe it's because he's human and it's like shitty as he is like and certainly becomes worse as time goes on like I do feel like there is kind of a person in there. Right. Um, and certainly his son like doesn't know better. And like, it's like, Oh, that poor kid. Like he just has no idea what he's caught up in. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, hard to they, care about the rest of it. Yeah. I, I, I completely agree. And the one, uh, one other bit of clunkiness when he does go to get his son back uh, and he's, he just takes a chopper somewhere and starts yelling for him. And that was the mode of finding his son. <laughs> That's true. I think the last... <laughs> I was a little confused. Who then comes running out of the bushes. Was, well, I just assumed the lasso of truth showed him the truth of where the kid was, so he knew where to Sure. Work. Yeah. But by the time he got into the helicopter and then took the helicopter to that location and then got off the helicopter, like, he's not there anymore. And clearly he wasn't. But he was just hiding in the bushes. Like, a- Well, I'm sure the helicopter is faster than the small child. Sure. <laughs> sure. Science. Also, like, you know, I kind of want to care about the Kristen Wiig character whose name I'm totally forgetting. And Barbara uh, something. Was it like Barbara? Barbara. Barbara yeah, Minerva. Yeah. Barbara Minerva, which also do not love the two first names. Um, no, not a fan. But Barbara. That actually was a character that, like, I could have cared about. Mm-hmm. Could have. But I. Ultimately, I don't because she never actually embraces the whole idea of losing her humanity. That's true. Yeah, I think they should have. Honestly, they just took her a little too far with the whole cheetah outfit. I actually think that it could have played off a little bit well, a little bit better if she I think she did great up until she became a cast member from Cats. Yes. And I think that they could have done the more subtle thing. I know, like, in the DC movies, they're, they're okay with going a little bit more over the top, making the person look like the actual, like, like look like a comic book character, right? Like, giving them the fur, all that. Uh, but I think it could have been cool, like, if it was just, like, the spotted pants, like, that she didn't actually turn into a cat, but she was she was just so nimble and balanced and, like, everything, like... I think that could have been a cool play on the character and let her stay a little bit more grounded because then you could just like sit with her personality. Like, yeah, it makes sense that she would snap. But within the first 30 minutes of the movie, I was like, if you don't become the villain, something's wrong because you should snap and kill all of these people. They suck. (laughs) Well, sure. But the thing is like, you kind of see her being dug out of that. Mm -hmm. And and I guess, well, she had already made the list. She had already made the wish at that point, but yeah, I know, like, because, like, it was obvious to me. Well, it was funny. The first time when she makes the wish, I'm like, okay, like, so what is she going to lose? I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you start to see it, and I was like, okay, so she's losing the whole, like, kindness, humanity thing. And then yeah, Diana her, comes her up and says side. it. It's like, okay, yeah, I, I guess I was right. Nice. And then that's it. We never really get an opportunity for her to interrogate that. Yeah. Like, 
And I guess she renounces it because she survives, but, like, there's not even any moment in there for, like, introspection. And, like, if there was going to be... Oh, fuck, even Max gets an opportunity to do it. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. like I don't fully buy it. And it I mean, I imagine there'll be consequences for him. Like, there certainly should be, but, like... Yeah. Like, it, he at least gets an opportunity to interrogate his own failings and try to at least say he's going to do better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, shows it in the moment with, like, like reclaiming his son. But with, with Barbara, like, you don't really get that. And it's like, oh, like, that feels like a missed opportunity because, like, there was a kernel of something there for the character early on. I guess. Mm-hmm. I think that just makes yeah, her a better I, I'm, villain. I'm with you. Uh, speaking of Max uh, going nuts, uh, the, I liked... The, one thing that I did like about this was how how rapidly it's escalating. Like, it's exponentially getting crazier and crazier because he's like starting to deteriorate as it's going on and like just the way that it goes from like one little like financial wish to the next thing to the next thing to the next thing to like him like bursting into the white house taking the secret service and then using this ridiculous tool to broadcast that whole thing of like so these these particles they're touching people like that whole thing was a little weird Yeah, no, but actually, for me, I was like, oh, that's actually kind of a nice little eureka moment. I'm glad we finally got Gary back, because this is kind of a moment where I think we're actually going to talk about this in a, in a fairly positive light. Um, mm-hmm. I actually thought the whole, like, cascading, spiraling, oh my god, he's just going nuts, and the wishes are going nuts, and the world's going crazy, and we lost Gary again. Um, <laughs> that, I thought, was, like, unequivocally the best sequence of the movie. Like, yeah, because they lead into you. the whole chaos aspect of, like, in like the meta perspective, like this movie is chaotic mm-hmm. and like what's going on on screen is I thought that was actually really compelling is like, you're seeing the acceleration happen and that freneticness and that messiness could have been a, like detracting from what's going on, but I actually thought it enhanced it. Right. Right. Like, yeah. like I felt the stakes of, Oh God, like, Every time, like, it seems like they're kind of caught up to him, he's, like, five more steps ahead of them. And, like, Mm -hmm. I felt that in, like, a really, like, actually, like, satisfactory way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. That that portion of it was was pretty cool. I I will say, part of me was wondering, like, early on, like, um, or, like, during my viewing of it, when he's, when Maxwell is in that, whatever, that, like, that, that tube of air i guess when he when he's given out all the wishes and like he's surrounded and the and the whip can't get him the lasso can't get him because like it, there's all that wind i'm getting, like is it just because like every time that he granted one wish there was a little bit of wind so now that he was granting a bajillion of them there was a lot of wind is that what was that what was going on there yeah, a tornado kind of, that was surrounding him that, yeah because we saw that it starts we see it accelerate at the beginning of the process when he's giving the broadcast and then it gets to a fever pitch by the end because everyone's right. rushing around the world, which it was kind of cool too to like visually represent that. There was also one portion of that I was like, I was waiting for when when we start to pan out, we're going to show everybody that like we're going to get to everybody making their wishes. I was like, somebody's going to be like, I wish you were dead, and within like a split second, it happens. I was like, oh, <laughs> I mean, that's just classic DC. You know, we're doing a thing, we're showing the world. There's that's clunky. That's what they're bad at is showing like humans that are just out in the world. But when they're on the superheroes and the villains, it's obviously better. It's like the Justice League family that's at a farm or whatever, and they're they're trying to stop the parademons. <laughs> and then just going back to the Barbara stuff, like with her doubling down and never really. I mean, she does renounce her wish. I guess eventually it does. Uh, does it cut back to her in human form? I forget. It, it does. 
It does. Yeah, yeah. well, that's what we were saying. I don't know if yes. you heard us while you were having your technical difficulties. I was like, <laughs> that part feels like a missed opportunity to me. Um, but yeah, no, because she like, oh, let's say she's like looking up at like the moonlight or something like that. And she like turns back into a human. I'm pretty sure. Right. So. I just think that means that, yeah. you know, she just doesn't like Diana. Like she's probably going to come back, obviously, in some way. Um, I do have more of a hard out than you guys. And I do want you guys to get to Mando talk. So, I mean, my main problem is easily the third act, but the problem with the first Wonder Woman movie is the third act with the big CGI nonsense. So like, they're just not great in different ways. Um, an attempt was made. At least I'll say, at least they went smaller. Absolutely. Um, Hmm. and just the fact, like the device of being able to renounce your wish is stupid. Like there should be real consequences. Um, I enjoyed more the journey there, but yeah, I thought there was going to be a scene of her like impaling Pedro Pascal and him like bleeding from his <laughs> eyes or whatever. And that just didn't happen. And, and maybe it tried to wrap everything up too neatly. Uh, what'd you guys think about the post credits? I mean, it was a fun little thing. Um, yeah. uh, it, it seemed obvious that that's what they were setting up when they showed the little flashback where they only show was it a, a S Daria or whatever her name is like they basically mm-hmm. show her eyes and I was like oh is this finally where they're going to show the little like nod to to Linda Carter or whatever it's so, like that was kind of cool yeah did they did they do something like that in a previous in the previous movie in a post credit did they nod to her once before in one of these movies not necessarily Wonder Woman but maybe Justice League or something else I don't nah. remember actually no it did, for some reason I thought they did so I wasn't sur- when it happened I was like oh we're just doing this again but I guess I just made that up <laughs> <laughs> And I, I miss out on that because of my own random thing that I put in my head. <laughs> True. I, I yeah, was I disappointed know. they didn't do more DCEU stuff, like Shazam with the ending, and it's not a post-credits, but it's the ending, and I mean, that's Henry Cavill's Superman suit, obviously, that shows up headless. Um, well, I still think but, they don't know what they're going to yeah, do. Yeah, but I mean, do something, point. like show Lex Luthor on the boat with Deathstroke still and they don't know like maybe Brainiac's there now or something <laughs> and they're just I think it would be funny if they just did the exact same scene again yes absolutely that would be hilarious <laughs> I would love that <laughs> um, and then otherwise I was I, just thinking <laughs> like where's Superman so Superman's not on Earth at this point I think and not, or he's a baby still in 1984 and then Batman is a little older, so he'd probably just be a little kid. Um, so I don't know. I mean, when I get one of these mm. movies and it's good, like a Shazam, you know, I just want more stuff. It just makes me want more DCU connected stuff. And I mean, it usually fails on that. But what's the, what's the deal with that, though? I thought they were no longer going to keep them connected. Um. I thought so too, but it still seems like they're doing some sort of flashpoint thing, which is obviously going to bring them in. Then also the what's is it the guy who played Cyborg is still actively like suing the company, and there was actually just some story online today about him yeah. continuing his active fight with like the president or CEO or whoever of DC Films, like which that whole story is super weird. I still don't understand it. I'm mm-hmm. sure if I spent more time, I would probably be able to understand it, but I, I don't care enough. Um, 
I just, uh, it's unfortunate, this whole thing, because I feel like this, uh, they keep trying to make this universe, like, it's kind of dragging, like, they're, like, trying to keep it alive, but it's not working, it's like they're dragging it through the, but it, it's like the Nine Lives thing with Peter and the cat, that's what it feels like to me at this <laughs> Peter, point. Peter, stop doing what you're doing. Well, we lost Gary, uh, but much like this movie, we will stitch it together in post. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, perfect. Uh, Gary's still alive. Uh, he, did, he did text me, um, but uh, he is no longer capable of sustaining internet connection to this call. Right. Um, so um, we bid you adieu, Gary. Thank you for your contributions. Um, and also extending our recording time by approximately one hour. That's right. <laughs> um, that being said, I had one other thing I wanted to discuss. Sure. And that was mechanics of the wishes. Now... <laughs> I messaged you yesterday. It seemed like you were at least a half an hour before me. Maybe, well, actually, no, you were probably a couple hours ahead of me. Um, yeah, I, was say, I think I was done with it before you started, or like around when you started. Okay. So you texted me. What are the rules? Now, was that generally speaking? Because eventually, I texted you back and I said, "Was it the wishes? It was the wishes, wasn't it?" <laughs> yeah, I mean that's part of it. Uh, the lasso was really a big was a showstopper for me. I was not having the lasso. Yeah. The lasso really didn't offend me. At this point, it's just like, yeah, no, the lasso. Okay. Like, it's whatever. Like, it's not offensive. Like, yeah, I get it. I I was with you, too. It's like, well, like, lightning's not tangible. But you know what? Neither is that lasso. Like, it's not real. So, whatever. Sure. It's still no. Sure. (laughs) Anyway, because actually, when I, like, as soon as they started doing the wishes thing, I was like, oh, he's got to be talking about the wishes. And then they started getting confusing, and I was like, oh, he definitely means the wishes. Yeah. But ultimately, I think I actually got to a point where I did understand them, so... Well, I think it was funny that, like, we didn't even touch on the fact that, like, it's not explained at all, which I guess is fine. Like, I don't need it to be spoon-fed to me, but in a... Like, it's... You can make the wish, and then all of a sudden it means he also gets something? Like, that whole thing is what didn't... Like, that was not explained. So that's what was confusing me as well at first, because I was like... Because he... At first I was like, oh, he wants to become the thing, so does he just get to wish at will? And then... It's, oh, he's got to trick people into wishing on his behalf. That's cool. I actually liked that mechanic a lot. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so then he does the thing where he's like, you know, what do you want? And they make the wish. He goes, okay, in return, I want all of the oil and this and that. And he just walks away. And I was like, wait, that's not how it works. Like, you yeah. didn't even say I wish. Or like, right. whatever. Until I realized, oh, it was actually kind of a subtle, I thought, clever kind of thing. Whereas, remember, the whole principle behind the monkey's paw thing, right, is that you wish for something and it takes something that's most important to you. Right. Because he is the wishing stone now, He's he choosing. gets to set the terms. Right. Which is actually the the most clever bit of the lore that's in this movie, and it's the most yes. ham-handed thing that they do. <laughs> well, they didn't explain it, which is why it took me a while, until, like, finally, like, it, like, clicked for me. Well, you know what it was? It clicked for me when they really started to define... Because remember, when they like said, oh, the monkey's paw, because like, mm-hmm. at that point, we don't know Diana's losing her powers, we don't know Barbara's sure. losing her humanity, so it's like, oh, and then uh, and then even the most subtle of them all, um, and I guess that's all of the Max stuff, is we don't realize at that point that he's losing his health, which is the thing... Because I just assumed, like, oh, he's going to lose his son. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you start to see his health decline, and I was like, Oh, duh, the, the supplements and the shakes and all that. His health is the thing that he actually cares about the most, which is actually kind of really fucked up because the, his son, he really doesn't care. Right. Um, until the very end, I guess, which was the whole point of rectifying all that and stuff like that. <laughs> Regardless, 
it, it was around the time where I finally realized, oh, it, they're clearly defining what will be lost by the characters who have made their wishes already. And, oh, he, do, he gets to change the rules because he's the stone now. He gets to set the terms of the deal. It, it kind of reminded me of Bedazzled a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I actually thought that was really cool. And I, I thought it was subtle. And I, I think actually to a certain point, I preferred that they didn't because there was enough exposition in this movie mm-hmm. to have another thing where, you know, someone, oh my gosh, because he told them what he wanted. That's what he gets out of the deal. Like, I think yeah. that would have made this already clunky movie unwatchable, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, it, that that bit of it is was cool to piece together after the fact. But uh, um, yeah, I don't know. It just... I was very underwhelmed. Did not care for. I didn't. I just really didn't care for the movie at all. I wasn't. I wasn't enjoying my time with it. It was definitely too long. Don't get me wrong. But um, the parts that were good, I enjoyed. Um, it's just that it wasn't the whole movie that was that. Yeah, so. but I do think it's an it's an interesting thing though because for me it was it was solely well, not solely. I guess it it was the writing and like you said the editing. Those are the two things that really tanked it. Like. It's I funny because that, that's how you know how egregious it is because I don't really typically take that much note of it because I'm not an expert in filmography right. or symbology or... <laughs> Nameology. <laughs> Nameology or cinematography. So, yeah. um, But it, like, it was very obvious to me. It was like, like I said, specifically some of those scenes where it's like, you know, oh, wow, that is... No movie has ever been made like that before. Oh, it's because they didn't have a choice. That's how they had to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that was weird but i actually kind of like the wish thing overall i thought that was kind of cool that's yeah that, that 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 was fine oh one more one more bit this whole thing with um well first off i do think it's funny that both the mcu and dceu have a chris steve and the mcu chris steve is just a better character but i think chris pine was having a lot of fun he seemed like he was enjoying himself like, yes. in, in the movie. He got less time to show that off than Pedro Pascal. Right. And also generally played a slightly more subtle character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, Obviously, some of his heights were also pretty manic and ridiculous, but like certainly not all of it. So mm-hmm. um, it was a little bit more restrained and so less overtly obvious at the beginning. But I agree. I, it did look like he was... Like, the, the montage where they're showing like him trying on the different clothes and just figuring out 1980s stuff was pretty entertaining. It was silly, yeah. I like. I think my favorite scene of that, my favorite bit involved in there, which was also in the trailer, was the her saying this is all of this is art and him looking at the garbage can. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thought good. that was really silly. Um, what, one thing that I wasn't understanding was when he looks in the mirror, he sees the other guy. Does yeah. she actually see him? No. So, <laughs> this is really stupid. Like, I, it feels like we shouldn't have seen him either. <laughs> like, 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 it should have no, been the other actor. That gets the whole point of having Chris Pine in the movie. So, And it would have been more distracting if they continued to do the dub. Because they do it for, like, the one yeah. quick line... But they dub his voice over the other guys. And, like, you can do that for the one... That would have been obnoxious if they just voiced over Chris Pine. Oh, I don't even mean voiceover. I mean, like, let it be another actor and actually just heavily insinuate that it's the soul of this other person in it. And, like... 
Yeah, the the problem is, like I already said, like it's kind of hard to connect to her emotionally mm-hmm. for the audience, and it would have been even more impossible to do it with this other actor. And who knows, maybe that's the only reason Chris Pine's in the movie, was they might have shot a couple of scenes and been like, this is not working. Oh, uh, maybe. Maybe. Could be. Oh, anyway. Uh, I will say, though, as far as the whole wishing thing goes, though, that actually that wish confused me the most because... It's the only time that we saw that there was, like, something else that had to happen to make the wish. Like, why was it not just him? Why Why did he take over the body of someone else? That's actually really the only wish or rule that, that makes no sense at all. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what the hell? That whole, That is very strange. Right? Yeah. Of, of all of the there's, things that bothered me, that I didn't even piece There's that. no reason for that to be the case. I, I almost forgot to ask that question because it wasn't the other actor the whole time. It was Chris Pine, so I forgot about that other guy for a bit. <laughs> until the really awkward zero chemistry scene at the end, which maybe to your point <laughs> was that they couldn't pull it off. Yeah. Interesting. Well, any other closing thoughts on this one? Um, I did kind of dig the overall 80s vibe and music sure. and like, like synth and like, I think Hans Zimmer enjoyed going back to his roots a little bit with sure, that. Sure, sure. And uh, you gotta love the uh, the scenes in going in an arcade. I loved the mall. I liked the mall. Like going through a mall in that time, that was fun. Um, Actually, generally speaking, I don't consider this sort of thing too much. But like set design and like costumes for this movie actually legitimately has like a reason to like be like noted. Like mm-hmm. they felt distinctly eighties. Like yeah. they pretty knocked it out of the park with all that. Yeah, it was definitely. Uh, you could tell a fan of movies of the time also had their hand in it like it it did it did feel like i mean it looks you know it's very polished like visually like in that it looks like a movie made today but it does have the it it is it feels like an 80s movies in a lot of ways there was even from the beginning with the way certain things were shot and that's kind of where it comes down to like where i i have no problem with the directing in this movie i actually think the directing is on point and i think the cinematography for the most part when it's actually cinematography is also on point but it's yeah. the it's the writing and the editing that that just tank it. It the whole the, it, it brings the whole thing down. It is far less than the sum of its parts. <laughs> I'm curious to see after this movie, like what comes up. Not like in the sense of like it being in jeopardy or any way. Sort of like that's not what I mean. Just like I'm because I think these two movies are the only Patty Jenkins movies I've seen. I'm curious to see where the the Rogue Squadron Star Wars movie goes with her Same. at the helm. I think it has a chance to be really good in that she'll be working with a studio of support and not let set everything on fire. Or certainly at least one that is tries to... I don't know they haven't always succeeded, but they've tried to approach a certain level of stability. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I hope that that means that they just give her writers that she trusts and can work with. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to see what she does with that. I think it'll be good. Well... That's all for this week's episode of Flux in a Six. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, if you have a movie for us to review or nuggets for us to discuss, you can send those requests to flixinasix at thespintune.com or tweet us at thespintune. Tune in next week for more movie and beer goodness. Until then, I'm Anthony Costanzo. And I'm Al Bielsi. And also, there was Gary. <laughs> Thanks for coming out. Watch. So, Al, we've reached the end. It's the 
that we it, it was a uh, what two weeks ago now three weeks depending on how this how editing this goes. <laughs> uh, um. Yeah, we we were talking tough early in the episode. This is definitely going to air on January first. Now right. maybe yeah, not. So no, maybe certain. not. January first, twenty twenty two. Is this one? Of, is this going to become one of the lost episodes? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Remember uh, that like wait back like at the beginning of the show when you said there was going to be lost episodes? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now, uh, did we only have the finale or did we I forget did we do this because it does feel like a long time? It was That's a great question. Uh what was the episode before the finale? What happened there? Um Oh, yeah, actually so yeah, it has to be the finale because the one before that was the one with with Mayfield and we talked about that one. Right. Yes, we did talk about that one. Okay, cool. So it is just the finale. Um, I will say going in, so obviously, you know, spoilers for the end of The Mandalorian, but if you're this far in this show, you've watched it. Um, but the... So, okay, so so the, my first, the first thing uh, that happened was I saw uh, a post from Kevin Smith with him crying, and it was like, it was in reference to having just watched the season finale. And I was like... I've read it. I, I saw that. I didn't read the whole thing because it um, it seemed like it was going to start to go somewhere. And I didn't want to hear or know anything that was going to happen in the episode. But I was like, at this point, Kevin Smith crying over something like that is not news, and I get it. I'm with you. It's great. It's ha- but it's not. It's not going to be like. I don't think it's going to be like the best thing because he's he's easily set off these days. It seems like, which is, again, no problem there. Just that I don't know that it carries much weight. I was like, I don't think I'm going to be brought to tears. I don't think that's what's going to happen when I watch it. So I'm watching the show, <laughs> and, and uh, it seems like all is lost. And that X-wing flies into frame via the security camera, and I, I feel tingles all over because I know where this is going. Um, and then you see the hooded figure. I was like, "This is so cool." And as it's happening, as it's happening, it's going on and on and on. A little bit here, a little bit there, right? So X-Wing comes in, black and white, can't really see too much. Can't be certain, but I have a strong feeling of where this is going. Then we see the robes, and it's looking pretty good. Then we see color, and it's a green lightsaber, and I'm like, oh boy. And then, this was the most subtle thing that I really... This is the thing that really got me where I went, was when he moved his arm... And the robe slightly opened, and he had that ridiculous silver belt buckle. And I was like, it's him! <laughs> N- not the gloved hand? No, no, no. Star Wars. Could be anybody. Everybody loses hands. <laughs> not every- Again, specifically Skywalkers. Um, uh, <laughs> but, uh, no, he's, he's his gloved no. right hand. I know, but there was just something about that. that and it was, the, it was the belt buckle that really did it. And then when they, when they finally show up... Well, well, actually, what I was... Uh, the way that it was done with the hood over and the... Like, I thought, like, okay. Like, I just felt like they were going to... I thought they were going to leave it at that. The fact that they pulled the hood down was really exciting to me. And I was like, I did not... If, you were, if we were to have talked about this previously and been like... I would not have wanted it to be him. But for some reason, the way that it played off and the way that they did it, I really liked it. And I was like, I was so blown away when it happened. I was like, I don't know what's going on inside of my head right now and emotionally, but I am really attached to this. I really pulled on those nostalgia strings hard (laughs) in that scene, and it worked. Well, I don't remember for sure. I'm guessing we probably mentioned it in the last episode, but I know we talked about it at some point in the last couple of episodes. I I said that I didn't want it to be Luke Mm because I didn't think it made a whole lot of sense. 
Um, I think it just puts really severe limitations on where the storytelling can go in regards to this. Um, that being said, if you throw this at the window, it's like, no, no, it has to be Luke. Okay, fine. Disagree, but sure. That's what you've decided, so here we are. Mm-hmm. That was a really cool way to do it. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was so awesome. But I guess, does it really back it into, like, what is it? what does it limit, though? We don't know anything more about the story of Grogu or where he'll go. Or just that he's, I guess he's gone. He's either gone from the temple when Kylo destroys it, or he's one of the Knights of Ren. <laughs> he's taken one I think of their you armor. noticed, considering none of the Knights of in Ren like, was In like a, a mech football. suit or something. Um, yes, because either he has to be at the temple and he's died, and so that puts a really hard endpoint on his story, mm-hmm. or it... Kind, I'm not. It doesn't break it per se, but it strains the credibility slightly of the timeline of the story of Luke talking about setting up the training temple and losing. Like it, it feels like the first real apprentice that he has is Ben, mm-hmm. and this says nope. Well, I, I don't. I, I feel like there's a chance that like uh, maybe he will connect him with somebody else. Like I don't think that it's. I don't think that he's going to be training him. I suppose so, but if that's the case, why couldn't Luke show up with the person he's going to connect him with? Well, maybe they want us to tell you that there's still going to be more to his story, and they were ready to introduce him, reintroduce him now as an ex- like exciting piece, but they're not ready to disclose some See, of the other stories. I like that yet. less. I like that less. I'm done with Luke on the screen. Not mm-hmm. because I don't like the character. I'm just done with Luke on the screen. Like It's been done. It's over. This will be the final chapter in the story of Skywalker. Fuck, you guys are the ones who wanted to yank it back from, you know, we're going to go super safe and this and that. And you put in the fucking trailer. This will be the final story, chapter in the story of Skywalker. It's done. If you insist on continuing to tell stories about it, do it in other mediums. You can write comics. You can write novels. You can write fucking a saga of novels about him. I, I have no, I, I might even be interested in reading them. I have no issue with that in any way, shape, or form. I'm done with him on, on movies and, and TV. It, it, it's just time to put that character well, to rest and do something. If you're okay with it being on uh, in comics and store and like novels and stuff like that, I feel like it, it can also be in on in TV. No, because it sucks the air out of the room for everything else. It's when well, it literally sucks the money out of the room for everything else. Hmm. There, well, there's. I won't argue with that. That, that that's true. That was an expensive thing to shoot. Um. I for me though it, it worked it it really landed for me. I was so excited when I watched it I thought I like I I didn't if you had told me that was gonna happen I don't think I would have um I I can't imagine I would have been that excited just for, like hearing about it but seeing it and the way that it unveiled I was blown away. Sure, it was great to watch. My issue is that upon reflection, it, I feel the same way I did about this specific. Now, admittedly, this is one specific small choice on this show that. Now they're going to leave, and like they're not going to be part of the show for at least a while, probably. Um, and who knows? Maybe they have a spinoff show. I've heard that the heavy rumor that that's the case. I'm I'm hoping it's not, mm-hmm. because for one, I don't think you can sustain what they did for a whole show um, with like the CGI and all that. And I don't, I honestly, I don't want them to recast Luke. They've had their issues with that. Really, the only one that's worked with is Obi Wan. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I'd rather them just leave it alone. Um, if they have to bring him back for a moment as he passes Grogu back or passes him on to his next full-time mentor, and if we're going to do one... I mean, if you think about it, like to me, it's always like, oh, like you had a, a, a master or whatever. But 
if you think back to the old, like to the Republic times, right? Like Master Yoda would train every single one of them at some point in their life, and then he would pass them off to their full time apprentice. So if that's the the idea is Luke's going to give him the basics and this and that, and then set him up with a more full time mentor who's someone else. I'm okay with that because you mm-hmm. can have him for two seconds. You could have him in one episode, and that's yeah. fine. I can live with that. When I say like I'm done with him, like if he shows up for an episode, that's okay. But to me, I felt a lot in the same way that this does with this story than the same way that I felt with episode seven, where it's like when I watched episode seven, it's like, oh, that was really good. Like we were excited about it. It was cool. Upon further reflection, you think about it, it's like, oh, like there are some serious caps on what you can do because you've decided to do this. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I um I feel like it will probably be more of like a handoff situation and it was just for the fun of having him in there. Uh, and I, I'm fine with that and I like that. I'm not as adamant about him not being in um, like future stuff like within this time frame as they like tell some of that story here and there. Not in this show though. I don't want it to be part of this show. Uh, if it's in something else or if it's like told through other stories, that's that's great too. I actually kind of liked the, I, I'm kind of like, I've, I've seen a lot of talk about the whole Luke thing and handing of Grogu up. I think the cooler, the cooler aspect of the story that is kind of <laughs> didn't get enough time in the spotlight was the whole idea that he now is the holder of the dark saber and like what that means for like, like, it's kind of funny because uh, Bo-Katan in a previous episode was trying to tell him he's basically being a little bitch with the helmet and he's got to knock it off. Right? <laughs> but now she's being a little bitch with the saber. Which I've seen some people talk about that and it's like, you know what? Fair enough. Also, uh, it's a little bit of a retcon because Sabine just gives her the dark saber the first time around. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if there's a situation where because she pledged fealty to her, if that's the case, or if it's a, well, it was the first time they got the saber, but she lost the saber, so now she has to reprove herself in that regard, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if that's the aspect that they want to lean on, and that that's fine and all, but it's weird to set this up where it's like, no, 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 like, this is the rule, everyone knows it. It's like, well, no, they didn't, like, then, and, like, it's still Dave Filoni, like, he wasn't, like, he was there, and he was now, so, like, yeah. It's not even like it was like handing it off from different mentors and like that was like 30 years ago. Like we're going to, you know, as we've expanded the universe, have an ability to do a software kind of like it's like fucking five years ago. Not even mm-hmm. it's like two years ago. Yeah, uh, so that, that's that's a little odd. Well, I guess we'll see how, how it plays out, but I, I, it could lead up to some cool antics in the next season. Uh, oh, I definitely think if that's if the idea is like now it seems like we're tipping off with Grogu gone for at least part of the season, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to send off the, the next season of the Mandalorian will be the reclamation of Mandalore. I'm, I'm down for that for yeah. sure. The, uh, uh, that was so sad though. The whole taking of the helmet, like taking off the helmet and looking at Grogu. I was just like, Oh, this is so beautiful. <laughs> he well, there was so a lot much. going on. There was like, he, he was like him, like stroking the computer monitor watching happen. It's like, there's so much going on there. I'm not even entirely sure what the answer is. Like, is it, admiration is it relief is yeah. it like is this the equivalent of him fist pumping like i, I don't know like <laughs> or like is it literally him like pointing like hey dad look at this like that's gonna be me one day you know right, what i mean like right, you right. know um and then yeah when which again actually i kind of forgot about this until just now um obviously we can see the timeline of when they were shooting these episodes because he just doesn't have a mustache in that scene so obviously he must have been at some point during or after <laughs> 
or or he had just started growing it back. I forget. Uh, yeah. but the point is, it's not the normal mustache we're used to seeing him have. So, it's, at some point, there's some sort of timelines overlap with Wonder Woman on mm-hmm. that because he's just all of a sudden <laughs> doesn't have a mustache there. Yeah, that's funny. The uh, and then by the end, I forget what happened there. Uh, we just we had well, hang on. First off, the uh, getting the doors open and sucking all of those troopers out into space that was a dope scene. Yes, that was really cool. And also the fight with that one and the pipe, like the to break its like neck, like, that was straight up Terminator. Like that was so cool. <laughs> like that was yeah. like a shot for shot remake of the destruction of the Terminator in the first one. <laughs> yeah, not really. But it was cool to see the whole cool. thing. I'm the whole time. I'm like. Dude, take the fucking spear. Take the fucking... And then yeah. he took the fucking spear. Use I was it. like, oh, yeah, there Use we go. it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's great to then see him break it back out again to fight Moff Gideon. Of yeah. course, when he vented the thing... I, yeah, I, it's great because I watched the, uh, basically all the Mandalorian like with my parents and or my brother if he's around, whatever. And we're watching. And my mom's like, oh, yes. Like, she, he, he closed the thing. I was like, yeah, no, they're going to be back. She's like, what? And I was like, they fly. Um, do you not do you not remember like two episodes ago when they come flying in and steal him? I was like, they're going to be back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Although to her cool. credit, when the X-Wing showed up and the person got out, she's like, is that Luke? And I was like, Good I mean, for yeah, you. probably. Good for and you, then you like, know. you know. <laughs> they're going and whatever and she goes but is that luke i was like wait no, no hang on a second you saw the x-wing show up and you're like is that luke good instincts you've now seen more evidence that are making it even more cementing the fact that it's luke and you're you seem less confident now than you were five minutes ago <laughs> <laughs> oh man it was cool seeing the mirror between that and the darth vader hall scene in rogue that- one yeah, yeah, I think what what they did with the scene, and I feel like maybe what the actual intention was, is actually, like, in now that we've established the Star Wars universe, and we've established that, like, these awesome Jedi Knights are awesome at wielding their lightsabers, like, that they needed to give Luke one on-screen shot with that. I feel like, like, it doesn't really count so much in The Last Jedi, because he... Well, and also understanding, understanding that there's a limitation to how an older Mark Hamill can do on screen with all of that. Sure. So. Sure. But like to, 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 yeah, but to do this, basically a reshot of the scene of Vader ripping through the halls. Like that was awesome. That was so cool. Uh, and so much fun to watch. <laughs> yeah. I will say as, as much as this scene was good and it was, um, you know, chill inducing the, the Vader scene still is one of the most breathtaking. Oh yeah. I mean, and a, a big part of it, I mean, like it was great. Um, like visually, like just like you can feel how vicious he is in the way he's striking and doing all of that, and the way it's shot is like gorgeous and like the fucking shadows and smoke. But the score mm-hmm. on top of that, like, like induces heart palpitations almost in the way that the Hans Zimmer one during like what's it called? Um, oh my god, what was the name of that World War Two movie that I can't think of now? Dunkirk. Yeah, Dunkirk. Like the way that like that like that literally affected my heart rate. Like that was yeah. like still felt the same way about the. I still hear that that like trailing away siren from Rowena, as it's going, and then you have the music like soaring underneath it. Like, yeah. and you know, you hear the screams and the blasters and the lightsaber. And it's like uh, all of it together. It's just like, geez, it's wild. It felt like I ran like a fucking mile sprint after watching that scene. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, like force tossing people while doing it like uh, oh, it's crazy also uh, while we're on the, sorry, while we're on the topic of like scores Ludwig Gorenson was on one during this fucking episode <laughs> <laughs> his score was ridiculous yeah 
Yeah. I mean, that scene was good, the music and that, but like the, the during the, the fight scenes, like when he's fighting the, the fucking death trooper and like when they're like doing the like the, the chase in space and like they're flying in and they start their raid and everything like that. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, Moff Gideon. I forgot how that how that wrapped up. He's under arrest, right? They basically have him under arrest. Is that what's going? I forget. He's yeah, shackled he's gonna, by the end. Yeah, he's going to kill himself, and Kara knocks the gun out of his because she wants him to stand trial right. with the New Republic, and obviously he didn't want to do that. But obviously that leaves him on the board. We'll see more of him. I'm sure he'll oh, have yeah. some more some more havoc to to create. Hundred percent for sure. Um, well, that's cool. I'm excited for the next round. I did think it was okay. So. Uh, there's been something funny about Boba Fett being in this stuff, Uh, and I I couldn't quite place it until the post-credit scene. And I think what's hysterical about it, and it happened while he was slowly walking down the steps into Jabba's palace, is the, the, (laughs) the armor being for a slimmer man, and the robe underneath and his belly protruding, I think it just makes for a really comical experience. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know why they couldn't have made the armor to better accommodate him. Like, it's not like anyone measured the dimensions. They're like, no, 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 this is from the original movie. It has to be this chest plate. Like, <laughs> I'm sure they can make one that fit him. Like, I think that's, but well, that's what's funny. Is that, that's what it seems like they did. They was like, no, it has to be like true to this. And it, it almost seems like a bad cosplay. Like somebody that's, that shouldn't be wearing it is wearing it. <laughs> and, and then the, the his, like, it, the, like, the skirt thing kind of flapping underneath it, it just, it was, the whole visual experience is very funny. Yeah, I guess most of the time they do shoot him from, like, the waist up, so you don't really notice a yeah. lot of that. And that it, was like, one of the few scenes where they show him, like, walking around and stuff like that. I guess I didn't really notice, but you're right, like, you could tell the dimensions are a little off. I just feel like what they were doing there was, like, look, you guys all pretended you loved Boba Fett. You think he's like some badass character, and we're just gonna we're just gonna knock him down a peg. <laughs> I feel like that's how that played out. <laughs> monkey's paw. <laughs> but uh, that was that was pretty wild. Like I don't. I'm not. Also, like, by the by the way, it's been Fortuna's palace. Yeah, that's true. Well, not anymore. It's, Boba, <laughs> it's Boba's palace now. Um, I did think that it was really cool. Uh, while I'm not like super excited about what the show will be, the idea that after getting a hundred thousand announcements on the Disney Investor Day stuff, that there was another thing to be announced, and it's coming out next year, <laughs> like that was pretty cool. Yeah, um, and it's cool because I did think that there might be a little bit more to the the FedEx Shan character as well, and I guess we'll get the opportunity to see that because the two of them are. Riding together. Yeah. Ride I'm a little together, concerned with together. all these shows about... What's that? We ride together, we die together. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little concerned with all these shows, what the level of crossover would be. Not that I'm opposed to it, because, I mean, I plan on watching all of them, but, like, yeah. I wonder if it becomes a little obnoxious to a slightly more casual viewer. Yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd be curious if, like, we get some sort of semblance of a these are the more mainstream and these are not. So, like... So that you could kind of pick and choose. Like, obviously, they want you to watch them all and keep you subscribed. But, like, they might... I, it does feel like a lot for a viewer to... That's not super invested to, like, have to piece together all of it. I also... I mean... I like that there's more Star Wars. But I do 
feel concerned if this stretches Filoni and Favreau some, you know, their ability to... Now, listen, if they hire great people, then their involvement, their direct involvement with the other shows doesn't have to be as big, and that's great, right? They can stay predominantly focused on this and, and uh, well, at least for Filoni, for I guess it'll be um, uh, The Bad Batch as well. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I'm curious about how that all works out, and uh, I also wonder, I think we largely kind of put to bed the idea of like star Wars fatigue, but if there's too many shows, it won't feel as special to like, let's like, if we have like, Oh, this season ended. And then next week is the next one starts. Like, I don't know. I feel like I'm going to want at least a month or two of like palate cleanser between, you know? Yeah. yeah I hear you. Just so I can miss it. You know, mm-hmm. even if it's a different show, like, like I want to miss it before I jump into this, this new thing. Yeah. I'm with you. That makes, that's, that's a fit. That's fair. Um, I guess we'll see how it plays out. I mean, it seems like the next thing to come out will be the Boba Fett show a year from now. And it seems like the Mandalorian will come sometime shortly after that. And then we'll start getting the other shows as well. Yeah. Well, didn't it? Aren't they both December? I think the way it's looking, based on what they said, is like December for Boba Fett and like January or February for Mandalorian. I thought they came out and said Christmas for the Mandalorian. I th- I thought they said Christmas for Boba Fett and shortly after for Oh, Man- interesting. Interesting. Okay. Well, either way. Um it was an exciting season. Oh, for sure. Uh, I enjoyed it. I did think it got a little unfocused trying to add and show off so many different characters who were going to then be thrown to the winds. Mm. Um I would have liked to see a little bit more grief just because I find him to be entertaining on screen. Yeah. Um but uh, those are relatively small gripes, and we'll see if they refocus. Grandpa's so, grief. <laughs> yeah. And I do think, like, largely they'll probably refocus around to the ensemble of the Mandalorians. Sure. Um, and maybe we get a return of some of those ones from the first season, like the Favreau-voiced character, um, who was, what's his name? Some Tarvisla, I think. or No, one of the Vistlas, I forget. There's too many of them. <laughs> um <laughs> And, uh, like, that'll be a cool storyline, I think. And maybe that's an introduction to get Sabine back in the show. Yeah. Um, and I, obviously, I'm imagining then I was wrong with my prediction of Ezra, though who knows, maybe that's ultimately who Luke hands him off to. But, uh, obviously, they're... And I'm not surprised, and I can't say I blame them for maintaining that reveal for whenever the Ahsoka show comes out. Yeah, that seems like it would be... Uh, do you think... I feel like that'll be, like, a season finale thing of that first season. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. Unless it's early on, and that's how, like, and maybe it's like more of a, a duo show. Could be. It could. It could be. You know, similar to how we unveiled Grogu in the first episode of The Mandalorian at the end. I do wonder how things go without Grogu on screen for a majority of time. Yeah, yeah me too. It's a great because that character, that, that relationship that they forged was fantastic, and like the I, I liked the whole like loner Mando. He's able to communicate with Grogu in a way because he like he's he doesn't really want to. It seems like he wants to be by himself. So like having the character that's like semi there <laughs> made it easy for him. I don't know. It was cute. <laughs> I do. I I wonder too. I don't know. I was gonna say. I'm 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 curious. I, I'm actually I'm curious in an excited way, like not so much in in like a cautious way, but I, I mean I'm a little bit cautious too. 
how it goes as this show seem would seem to lean more heavily on a serialized storyline as opposed mm-hmm. to the episode. Because you could see that transition already happening in the back half of this season, which is kind of what I had expected. I was a little surprised how still very episodic it was the first couple of episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, but they obviously kind of gently eased off that. And I'm sure they'll still be one-off episodes. Sure. Um, and that's okay. Um, but I, I like it better that way where, where you get, you know, even if it's arcs within a season, yeah, yeah. right? Where it's like, these three episodes are really tightly together. And then we kind of have a one-off to reset the scale a mm-hmm. little bit. And then you have a three or four episode arc or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like two episodes of story, then we dump out the toy bin. Then two episodes story, we dump out. The yeah, story. I'm okay with that sort <laughs> yeah, of thing, cool. you know, and, and all of it connected by one large overarching thing. Because for me, especially in a show that's a uh, you know 40ish minutes or whatever, right, on average, it's hard to really feel like there's any momentum when it's a hard reset every episode. Because you know, you yeah. have to like world build, world build and establish for like at least five or eight minutes at the beginning of each episode. Yeah, and by the time you get to the story proper, it feels like well, we don't have any time left to like really like expand and appreciate what's going on here in this episode and we're already off to the next thing right right well that's it for this season of the mandalorian yeah it would seem so all right well catch you next week <laughs> <laughs> well or should we do our, our my my game by sign off bye, bye.